Grunthal. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Justified Cultures, is on the air. Fueled by a passion, focused on motocross. Fly racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Maxima USA, Moto Ice Wrap, 100% Goggles, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures. You can go to justifiedcultures.com right now and enter discount code Big MX 17 to receive a 30% discount off your entire order. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Kyle Cowling as well as uh, his business partner, Nick. Uh, Kyle, you're a repeat offender. Seems like every third or four podcast that I release, uh, your voice is on it, uh, regardless of whether or not my uh, audience appreciates that is another side of things, but uh, I welcome you back on the show, and, uh, and you're, you're not alone this time. No, I'm not. I finally have uh, my business partner, Nick Teal, on the other line, and uh, he's, he's the one who keeps me in check. He's like my m- emotional support animal at times. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and, and, and if he was a spirit animal of some sorts, what kind of uh, animal would that be? Oh, geez, probably a shark, like a, a great white, because he's kind of fucking ruthless at times. Fair enough, just cutting your budget from out, uh, from, out, out from underneath you. <laughs> no, we don't have a budget to begin with, so there's nothing to <laughs> cut away from. Fair enough. Well, um, without further ado, Nick, Nick Tile, um, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, give me a little bit of the background of not only, uh, yourself, but, uh, how, how this Spectrum series, especially season two, has come to be. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, to be honest, man, it, uh, it kind of all started in a dive bar. Uh, Kyle and I met up. All good ideas, in, too. Yeah, I, uh, I was down in LA having a beer um with him and I uh we started talking about just kind of where the videos had gone in motocross and and how the you know the reporting was so one-sided and I'm sure there was a lot more to it uh, you know with a few beers went by and the next thing you know we're uh we were doing uh the Andrew Short project which kind of started on a whim he asked me to to do some writing and we were talking talking about that and um and we it kind of snowballed man we we found a really cool thing in in this uh in the episodes in the series and i was in business at the time and um i just kind of wanted to do something cool i i had done some writing in the past and i just was so sick of having someone tell me what i could and couldn't write about the sport um So we decided, hell, you know, like we'll throw some money and some time at it, and and, some and middle kind fingers. of, yeah, and a lot of middle fingers, you know, because I think that's the only way any industry can grow is if there's truth, you know, is told. 
And I think that's kind of what we've been doing, whether people like it or not, or whether they agree with it or not, we don't really care as long as the story gets across. Um, and that's, that's been my main thing is I, you know, I've always said, I, I don't really care if people buy it or not, but if the story is out there, then awesome. And if they do buy it and they dig what we're doing even better, you know, that's really cool. Um, and you know, Kyle is a, you know, he's, he's really, really great at what he does as far as telling the story. And, and, uh, I've always been a fan of his work and I believe in him. That's, and that's why we're here. Absolutely. And, uh, it, it's, it's critically acclaimed this series that's gone on for two seasons now. And, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, I think a, a lot of people were really excited about the idea of these real interviews and these, uh, these interesting, deep, uh, thought processes and seeing these, uh, this layer, like this onion basically unfurling in front of people. But then there's a lot of people, uh, within the industry or within, uh, the kind of the, uh, people who, uh, stand to gain a lot uh, from the, that great image of, uh, motocross is all well and good. Um, and then they see that it, that there are these, these tragical, tragic stories. There's, there's nothing, not, not all is, is what it, it seems. And those, those, those exact people that originally were, were possibly excited or interested in what you, you guys had going on were immediately trying to extinguish and, uh, smother and, uh, and trying to maybe, uh, not be, uh, such a proponent of, of the series and, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but, but that's the way that's like to be, uh, brash, to be, uh, so, something people are going to talk about. You got to ruffle some feathers sometimes. And, uh, I don't think there's two better at ruffling feathers in the, um, more across media than the two guys I have on, on the phone with me. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, to be honest, like, I, I think it was, you know, it was, it was funny because when it was all going down, I was just kind of, in particular the Sean Collier episode in season one, it, it was all going down right. and people were just literally losing their minds over this thing. Um, calling everyone in their Rolodex and, and their Rolodex and their friends Rolodex to try to get this thing shut down. Yet they will sit there in the next breath, you know, you know, say things about freedom of speech and all this. And to be honest, man, these guys are just telling their stories. We don't write a script. We don't tell them what to say. They, they right. go out there and they say it. And it, I think, you know, you, you see, in especially in this industry, they, for some reason are so frightened to allow the truth to get out. Like people aren't going to relate with these people when we have an out, pouring of support every single time. Um, you know, they, they'll come right up to us and say, man, we relate so well to this guy or this guy, you know, had an addiction issue and, oh my God, you know, my brother and I had that and, you know, oh my God, my family did that to me too. And holy shit, you know, like these are just people. And I think that is really what's going to bring, you know, those big dollars into the sport. Like, I, I don't understand, like, how they're thinking on like, well, if we, if we just promote Ryan Dungey, then it's going to be a good thing when in no reality is that a good thing. Like we're all humans, we're all people. And unless they can see that and the other people have something to relate to other than riding an orange or green bike, then they'll never, the sport will never grow. It'll never be a mass media sport. It's just, that's just the way it is. And, um, 
it. Right, and every single sport that we see, whether it be football, college football, whether it be high school, high school sports, hockey, um, baseball, there, there's addiction, there's struggle, there's, uh, um, there's these, these great stories that, that people can relate to, and, and it makes these superheroes that we watch on Saturday night start look to, to, to seem a little bit human, which it actually makes that what they do even more impressive to me because uh, like in, in a lot of ways you see these guys on Saturday night and like the, like they, they're on point, their gears on point, their riding is, is completely uh, seemingly flawless. And you, you assume that, Oh, like they've coasted into this, this uh, situation where like they get every, they get everything at their beck and call. They've got the bike that you could only wish to have. And they got the skill set that, uh, that the, w- less than one percent of the population will ever have, and in fact, a lot of them, through so, some serious adversity, were able to get there. Which, in my opinion, is ever the, that much more impressive. And the, yeah, you guys have done I, a great I job would say so. I, I, think, kinda, I, mean, uh, I always with motocross, it trips me out that you know the the people kind of in charge of it are, are so protective of it, which I understand because it is a very niche, tiny little industry. Especially when you're working in it, you see how small it is. Um, but then you go, like you turn on your television and you go on to ESPN Network, and there's you can watch a documentary on a top level baseball player, football player who, you know, had gnarly drug addiction to painkillers or whatever it is, got kicked out of school or college or kicked out of the major league, and you know had to go through all this shit, committed all these crimes or whatever, went to jail, you know, gets sober and comes back, and they they talk about it, no problem, and it's usually you know like. It's on ESPN, and it's out there for the whole world to see. And it's like, yeah, let's put it out there. It's cool. And in motocross, we we did that with Sean Collier. It was unintentional how it unfolded. It just happened like that. And, you know, no disrespect to Sean. Sean is, I consider him a good friend and a solid dude, but, like, no one's ever heard of Sean Collier, you know. And people were losing their mind over it and trying to shut it down. And it's like, like, come on. This stuff, it's nothing. When you put it next to, like, some of the real trials and tribulations of people in real sports, and that shit's on ESPN or MLB Network or the NBA Network or NFL, whatever it is, you know? Like, those sports are pretty transparent, at least from my point of view, and then there's motocross. It's like, nope, we got to put a wall up, and everything's perfect. Everyone is Ryan Dungey, when really it's not quite like that. Oh, yeah. For, for every story of... Um... Tyler Bowers, where his family uh, messes up his finances, there's there's a hundred um, college athletes and foot and, uh, and professional football players that uh, they they had their parents or uncle or a close family friend dealing with their uh, finances, and those those guys are effectively broke, and they, those guys weren't dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars; they were dealing with millions of dollars at a very young age, and uh, it can ha- it can happen, and I think that uh, it, like I said, it, it humanizes these. Uh, these superheroes and uh to your point nick um it really brings the light and, and helps the helps people to relate to them which uh if, if that helps bring people closer to the the athletes that's bringing them closer to the sport and people who are close to the sport spend money so what's the problem here yeah it's uh it comes down straight up to it, motocross isn't it's not nascar you know we keep trying to relate it to nascar and no one buys a dirt bike to ride to work every day. Um, it's, you know, it, it is, it's a sport that could easily die, you know, whether we like it or not. If, uh, if we don't 
start treating it as a television based sport. Like it needs to be, you know, it needs to be the, you know, it almost needs to be promoted as like a race car slash like WWE thing. Cause I mean, they treat these guys like they're in the circus as it is, you know, dress up and do what I say. So, you know, why don't we start making some money off of that and not treat these guys like, you know, they're the choir boys. Cause they're not like, they're all down and dirty dudes. Like, you know, they put a button up on on Saturdays and, you know, and, and they have their speeches memorized for the, you know, for the podium, but they're just humans, man. Like, and I think the more we can show that, you know, the more we can get the, the Travis Prestons of the world where you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth, but it's going to be damn good. And it's going to be a headline, the better off this sport will be. Um, and I think, and I, I don't know why there's such a, oh, for a sure. push for that not to happen when these kids are literally killing themselves to, to be, you know, at the races. And then once they turn pro after 15 years of racing amateurs, they, you know, you're not guaranteed anything except, you know, except, you know, a hard life when you're getting older because your body's beat to shit and, you know, your family has spent a lot of money to get there. So. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you do make it, like, at, at no point are you guaranteed anything uh, past the, the where you are right now. Uh, we saw with, uh, like, that we can have the, the ultimate injury with uh, with Jesse Nelson earlier this year. Uh, and we've seen that in a number of different athletes over the years, whether it be David Bailey or Ernesto Fonseca. Uh, it could all come to an end right away. And uh, without a high school education, um, like, where, where's the contingency plan? Where's that backup plan to, uh, to make the, the Dolan sense roll? Because, uh, if, if a kid like, uh, uh, Van Martin had to, had to just, uh, work at Honda Houston and do that for the rest of his life and not, and decide not to co- go back to racing, that, that's, that's what the future would hold, right? Like, there wouldn't be, uh, a, a, the next, the next, like racing chapter, it would, it would be go get a full-time job and work that until uh, you can. Yeah. And I think that's, that there's nothing wrong with working at Honda Houston for the rest of your life. If that's what you want us to do. Um, if you want to work anywhere, you know, like I don't care where you work, man, sure. if you put in 110%, good job, you know, good fucking all for you. But I really think there needs to be, I don't think you should be allowed to go race the supercross race unless you have a high school degree. Like I just, like, I don't know why that is even, a thing like I mean you you look at like you know Suzuki had it good there for a while with the you know if you if you got good grades you were getting better contingency checks what happened to that you know like what happened to these things that push these kids to be better humans like because that's at the end of the day like you being good at riding a dirt bike doesn't do anything for you unless you are unless yeah gets you a couple chicks in a, in a car paint, you know, in a, you know, that you're driving around in a car that you can't afford because you didn't pay health insurance, you know, like there's, it's just crazy to me, man. Like, and I, I'm all for like, I love dirt bikes. I will always love dirt bikes and I love the industry for what it is, but it's just one of those things that we can always be better. And I think we need to do better. And I, and I just hope when I told Kyle, when we started this whole thing, it was dude, as long as we change one person's mind on some of these issues, then we did our job. 
like we've done our job and we can go home happy whether we make a dollar or we lose all of our money. Like, um, that, that was my whole thing with him. Uh, and I just see so many people go through so much heartache and, you know, so much torment over when you separate yourself from that industry, it's, it's, you know, it's in the whole grand scheme of things. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. So, Fair enough. Now, uh, let's talk a little little bit on uh, the working relationship between the two of you. Uh, what, uh, Nick, what is it about Kyle that, uh, um, that you is, is, is somewhat endearing? And then what's the other 99% that drives you nuts? Uh, man, I, I love Kyle and he's, uh, to be honest, man, it's, it's hilarious because we're at a point now where he pretty much knows what I'm thinking before. I say anything, and he's like, well, I wanted to preface this with, and then he'll tell me what's going on. I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. But, um, no, man, I, I, creative as, you know, as Kyle is, he's, he's awesome. He's actually has a really good sense of the business end of it, too, and, and we have a really good working relationship. It's all fun and games and laughs, to be honest. Like, as long as we're having fun, I think we're, we're going to do well in, in the business, and, um, I, I handled the, pretty much all the paperwork and finance of the business and, and make sure that everyone gets paid and invoiced and, um, and he handles most of the creative work. You know, we, we sit there and we talk about pretty much every episode, what we want to do and what we can do and what we shouldn't do and how we want to go about it. And, um, and then we, we kind of handle everything else, you know, like, Hey, can you do this? Can I do that? And it's, it, we have a really good cohesive working relationship, which is, um, hard to find. I've been in small businesses and big businesses my almost since, you know, since I was 19. And, uh, it's, it's really difficult to find somebody you can work with on the daily, um, and have trust in that person. And I have that with Kyle, which is, which is nice other than him being super emotional on the daily. I, that that is something that I I, uh, I deal with on a, on a uh, a daily basis through the magic that is Snapchat. Now, Kyle, um, what you are able to come up with and and put together with the Spectrum series, as far as the filming and the editing, uh, is is always awe inspiring. But in a lot of ways, these guys are are serving up absolute gold, and you just happen to be uh, Johnny on the spot to, uh, to to put the camera on them. So, so in a lot of ways, the like the we should like that's why we're going to have these these athletes on the show because uh, uh, without them, you're you're not a whole lot. Uh, you're not so special, my friend. Yeah, I mean, he has I, a knack I, for making know. people cry too. Like, I don't know how that. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, making it's funny, girls like, cry. <laughs> I think he's like through. five for five with the girls now. <laughs> yeah, he's got that <laughs> soft, sweet voice. Yeah, that's it. I sound like a chick. It's awesome. Um, you kind of do. I, it, it's funny. All all of season two, like the ongoing joke between between Nick and I um, was, and then also uh, my girlfriend Karen. It was you know I'd, I'd call them after driving home from an interview, and it would be it would basically be so who cried today? Like that was kind of the ongoing yeah. joke all year long. It was. There was a lot of that, and there was even a couple of the riders um, that had a couple moments themselves that um, some of it didn't really fit into the episode. I didn't want to use that, some of that stuff just for the fact that, oh, they're crying, you know, like, try to be true to it, and if it fits in, then it fits in, but 
it was, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Everyone was asking me that, and even like um, this past weekend, we went to dinner with Christian Page, um, <clears throat> and Page was even like, I don't, know, I don't understand what you do. You're just so good at this interviewing thing. You just, you know, make me cry, you know, on the spot. And I was like, I, I don't know what it is, man. Like, so I'm, I'm curious to see what these writers have to say because I don't. I'm, I don't know if it's just because we open up the interview with me saying, hey, this shit doesn't leave, you know, us until you get, you see the final cut. Like, no one outside of us sees the final cut until the writer signs off on it. So I don't know if that, like I said before, if that just instantly builds a, a trust and a comfort level right off the bat to where it's like, all right, we can talk about whatever and then, you know, go back and pull this or this out if we think we said too much. Um, I know, like, with Jimmy Dakota's, he was one of the guys where I told him that, and then he was like, right away, he was like, okay, cool. That means like, you know, there was some stuff I want to talk about, but you know, knowing now that I get to get, I get the final say, then I'm, I'll go, I'll go all in, you know. So I, I, I don't know if that's part of it. I don't know if it's just my personality and how I approach the interviews. Excuse me, I have, I, I don't know, but I'm just lucky, I guess. Those. Those deep brown eyes and that puppy dog look as you're asking these deep hearted questions. I, I, I like to poke fun, but honestly, Kyle, uh, it's, it's that the questions are, are, are posed with sincerity and, uh, you, you do have a knack for, uh, playing heart, heartstrings like a harp. And, uh, it's something that, uh, you, you, you've, uh, become kind of quite accustomed to. And, um, I, I enjoyed it all the way through, uh, season one. And then again, in season two, you're, uh, you're a quite gifted young man. I'm trying. It's taken, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now and, uh, just always a learning process and always growing and growing and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And I watch a lot of non dirt bike stuff in terms of like film and, and whatnot, just a lot of, you know, mainstream movies and then a lot of like small, tiny, obscure short films just to, you know, figure out what other people do. And I watch a lot of tutorials and stuff and just try to learn and evolve and also realize that I'm not the best at what I do. There's always somebody better. So like never, especially in this industry, a lot of the media people, I, you know, I, they kind of come across as, you know, they think they're the shit and their stuff's just so badass. You no, know, I have a red camera or this or that. And it doesn't fucking come down to any of that stuff. It's just about the passion and, you know, wanting to be the best you can be and, and realizing that, you know, there's always somebody better than you. So don't, don't get too caught up in your ego. And I've had some people tell me that they think I'm a dick. Um, especially at like, uh, like Nick and I were talking about this. I shot straight rhythm this past weekend, um, for Red Bull and West Williams. And like, I just always, usually when I'm on shoots, I always walk with my head down. I'm always looking at my feet and I never smile. And it's not because I'm a dick. It's just like, I'm there to get my job done and I don't really care to get distracted or get caught up in any of the drama that's going on at the track with this person or that person. It's just, you know, it's because he's a dick. Yeah, it's because I'm a dick. Basically, yeah, you can just, I'm a dick. It's because he's a I'm dick. No, but you do get a little bit, uh, when, when you're in this stuff and you're talking about it all the time, 
the honeymoon is is over a little bit after a while. Like you, you see all these athletes, and you you see them uh, uh, quite often, and and you're you're not awestruck when you see Trakenard. You see him every other weekend, or you're not like or whoever it happens to be, and and you are there to do a job, and and anyone who would expect you to do a good job would would expect you to be serious while you do it. Uh, otherwise, uh, you're, you're truly not giving your best. And uh, I think you, you've, uh, may, maybe if you rub people the wrong way, yeah, it's because they're I, not doing you know, their like, job. I, right. I, it is easy, like you said, you get over that honeymoon phase, and it, it does, there, there are aspects of it where it's just a job. Like it's, it's just like any other job. There's aspects that are really cool, and there's aspects that really suck. Um, but even like, you know, I, example, like Trey Kennard, like I saw him at Straight Rhythm, and I don't see him that often. Um, but every time I see him, like he, like a straight rhythm, he saw me first and came up to me and he's like, Hey man, how are you? Good to see you. You know, and that was it. And, you know, I just keep it that like some of these people I see, you know, they, they get on their Snapchat or their Instagram and they're blowing up like, Oh, look, I'm, on, I'm buddies with Trey Kennard or Ron Villapoto or who, you know, whoever it is. And they try to put this slide out on social media that they're this or that with that person. It's like, that's never how I've been, um, at all. It's kind of like a, I don't know if you want to call it like a code of ethics or something like that. You just don't, to me, that's not appropriate. You know, like, I'll be friends with these guys, and I am friends with a lot of these guys, but I'm not going to put it on social media and act like I'm just growing down all the time. You know, it's just not how we conduct ourselves. Fair enough. Now, uh, Nick, uh, before I let you go, um, a few, uh, a few things about season, uh, season two here. Uh, what, what is your favorite episode and, and, and how did you see, uh, Kyle, um, develop and kind of evolve throughout the season in, in not only his style, but kind of the flavor that he ended up bringing to, uh, the four hours and 47 minutes of, uh, pure gold? Man, it's, it's really hard for me to to pick an episode that I, you know, I, as a favorite, to be honest, because I, I like all of them so much. And um, I really liked, uh, I would say, Andrew Jackson's just because of the, you know, the cinematography's awesome. Like, it's the stuff they came up with on a skeleton crew in downtown L.A. and, and out in the hills, and it's pretty incredible. And I think uh, that with you know, Bowers and Craig and it's kind of hard to, to beat any of them in in my eyes. Uh, he's from the first time that, you know, the first episode we put out till now, he's, I would say he's, he's grown as an artist tenfold, which is, you don't see that often, but I think, uh, he's finally in an environment and in a comfortable space that, uh, he's, he's truly able to grow and thrive, which is, is pretty cool. Um, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon cause he's always got ideas and he's always learning. Like he said, you know, he's, he's always calling me, Hey, can I, you know, are we good? Can I do this tutorial? Can I do this? You know, and I'll like, do, do whatever you want. As long as, you know, we keep pumping these things out and everything's awesome. Like, sure, man. Like it's, uh, it's just really cool to see the, and he's really catching on to all the little things that really make the episode from good to great. And, uh, you know, I can sit here and toot his horn all day long, but he, he really is the kind of the mastermind behind these things. You know, I, I just sit there and pull, pull some ideas out of him, and we, we talk it through, uh, for a couple hours a day and he cries and then we, you know, we move along. So it's, 
it's good, man. He's he's awesome. He's he really is. He, he's 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 came a long way. So one of these days, if we ever have you know strike gold and like Netflix wants to pick up the series and pay us like an ungodly amount of money, I want to hire like a, a behind the scenes film crew to like film us spending the whole eight months or whatever it takes. You're in a tunnel right now. Get out of that tunnel. Can yeah, where now? are you? I can hear you. I, uh, you, I oh, can hear you go underneath the bedspread of your your bed just now. My bad. It got really cold over here. So um, nice. One of these days, I would love to. It's zero here, the budget, by the way. So I, yeah, chilly Southern <laughs> California, right? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, yeah. guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you, like you, a, you, you are a dick. <laughs> yeah, I am a dick. Um, love to hire like a behind the scenes film crew to follow us around for like eight months or whatever it is that it takes us to film and complete this web series and just to see like document the fucking neurotic head case that I am and then like the phone calls Nick and I have and and whatnot because it would it would be pretty fucking funny I think well, people would sure. get a kick out of it and and probably not realize how fucking tiny we are and the fact that it's me and our still photographer out in the trenches, you know, doing this by ourselves, and then, you know, Nick making sure that we're not getting sued and that there's a budget in place and whatnot, like, we're pretty fucking tiny, and I don't think people realize how small and, like, grassroots we we are. Yeah, no, totally. I can just imagine after a long day of filming that you, you call up Nick and it's like, Nick, it's Kyle. I got this great idea. Blah, 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 blah. And then on the other side, Nick's like, that's a terrible idea. Get back to work. Click. And then you cry. And then, and then we get, and then, and then the Spectrum series happens, which uh, we're all big fans of. Um, so like, yeah, man, you, you're, you're, you're absolutely killing it. Um, let's throw it to commercial right now here on the Big MX radio podcast show. We'll bring both of you back to call up, uh, Colt Nichols, uh, for a four-way call, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, just bombard the guy with, with, with great questions because, uh, I, I gotta imagine that, uh, that episode is one that, uh, you truly enjoyed there, Nick. Yeah, I, I mean, coach, I, I've kind of always watched his, at least the ending of his amateur career because, uh, of, I, I'm good friends with Ryan Fedoro and that's Justin Bogle's trainer. And they were kind of working one-on-one together for a long time. And, um, with coat kind of always being, you know, kind of in the foreground there with Justin, cause they're such good buddies. It was always really cool to see him. And then I, it was just so awesome to see him do so well this year. Uh, and, and we got a glimpse of that in the episode, you know, which was, which was really cool. And now he's in a good spot on a, a really good bike. And I, I think, I think he's going to do really well this year, man. I, I, it's going to be hard to podiums and wins. Yeah, I think he's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't, you know, in the title hunt uh, every weekend, which is, you know, what I think he he expects out of himself. So um, it's cool to see good guys do well, you know. And um, I like Colt a lot, so that's it's cool to see. Awesome guys. Well, we're going to throw it to commercial uh, here. Appreciate you guys uh, being on the line with me. And Nick, I do appreciate you bringing the sound effects because so far I have heard a gull, a backward, uh, a truck backing up, and now a dog. We'll be right back on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Bill's Pipes. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to the commercial, and we'll be right back. 
Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Maddie Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. This is a test of your racersindex.com awareness. This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross at Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing. Be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing. And with us on the line, joining us as promised, is none other than the number thirty-nine of Colt Nichols. Colt, I can't, I, I can't tell you what I'm uh, like more disappointed or excited about. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm more excited about the fact that you were one of the more the marquee guys on the uh, the Star Racing, Yamalube, Yamaha, Supercross, and Motocross team, or disappointed that you will no longer be running the vaunted number 69 on your motorcycle. Give me the lowdown on all things Colt Nichols. Thank you very much. No doubt. Yeah, I'm, uh, I- I'm bummed about that one. I wish I was number 69. So I'll say that. Just keep it forever. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very bummed on that. If I wouldn't have stacked out, maybe I could have cut it, but at least did not go my way. But, uh, no, man, I'm really cool, man. I'm excited for the new number, new change, new team, new trainer. Um, kind of new everything for me. It'll be a new experience for me. So I'm excited, man. It's going to be good. Awesome. Well, um, also with us on the of course, is uh, Kyle Cowling and Nick Dial from uh, the, uh, the the Spectrum series. Your episode is is a really special one and one where uh, people really got to know you from uh, from the very your first race where you had tears in your eyes and wouldn't wear goggles for the first year, all the way up to becoming a uh, a standout on the uh, the Rock River uh, Yamaha team, and um, that that was a, a an ascent like no other, and taking home uh, your first podium last year. Reflect, if you will, a little bit on your 2016 season for me. Uh, yeah, 2016 was honestly uh, one for the books. It was good for me. It was just something that was, to, to me, didn't feel anything out of the ordinary. Uh, honestly, every weekend felt, you know, the way I thought it should have felt a long time ago. So to me, it was, I don't think anything... I did not want to come off as cocky or anything, anything too surprising. That's why I think it was like so shocking to everybody else. To me, I was like, man, I feel like I should have been doing this years ago or, you know, at least a year ago or whatever. But uh, for everybody else, they were very surprised just because coming in, I wasn't the guy. I don't think anybody had me, you know, put in uh, top five in points really ever. So for me to finish top five in points and get a podium and uh, not only do it once, but, you know, to be able to be up front each weekend, 
and uh, inside the top five consistently was was huge for me and it was good for my confidence. Um, you know, really was something that that was kind of what I was striving for for the position I was in and the experience I had. I wasn't trying to shoot for the stars, but yet shoot to where I thought was realistic, and that was right there where I was. So. Uh, just to actually have a goal, though, and to be able to achieve something like that was um, honestly just exactly what I wanted. Um, that, that's kind of hard to do, but for me, I put everything into reality, and I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to get on a podium at some point. Uh, yeah, sure, I won it multiple times, but I'll take one. And then uh, I wanted to finish top five in points, and I did that. So to me, it was something that uh, I thought was just going to go the way it did. Everyone else, you know, just seemed very shocked by it, but uh, that's what made it even sweeter. So honestly, it was cool, man. It was a really good season for me, and uh, I was really pumped on it. For sure. And now um, I've often said, and I've had you on the show three times, this is your third time being on the show, and the two times prior, uh, I I hang up the phone with a stupid grin on my face knowing that uh, I had just uh, captured some seriously high quality audio and a good interview from a kid who's just so well spoken and uh, and so um, like you elaborate on your answers and you, you know what to say. It's uh, you made Kyle Cowlin's job on this episode really freaking easy, man. Um, <laughs> like uh, like to have a, a skilled interviewer like Kyle. Unlike myself, I'm just a jamoke from Canada. Uh, what's it, what was it like working with a kid like Kyle? Which like you're you're good at uh, answering questions. He's good at, uh, at asking them. It's uh, kind of a lethal combo. Oh no, honestly, I was I was beyond pumped with how everything turned out and just the process of making it. I mean, I'd watched his stuff before, um, that whole crew over there and everything that they had made and I was really uh turned on by actually Will Hahn's episode of the Spectrum series the year before and then I went back and watched all of them because I was like, Wow, that was that was a damn good series. So, um for me it's more than, you know, just your normal dirt bike video that you're gonna see every ever so often, you know. Um, and it was honestly really cool because Kyle's, I mean, he's a really intelligent guy. Um, it was really fun working with him and he was kind of a think outside the box kind of character. And to me, I like that. It's not so cookie cutter, uh, with everything. And, um, it was honestly just a really fun process. And then to see like how it turned out, I was, I was blown away. They did a really, really good job of explaining my story and making it turn out and kind of depict what I wanted it to look like. Uh, which I think it's hard to do. You know, he's not living inside my brain, so he doesn't know what I think is going to be cool or not cool or what I think that people will kind of latch on to. And uh, it honestly turned out really, really well. I was beyond happy with it. And every one of the episodes I've watched is has got kind of a new little feature to it, a new story, you know, it's someone's, someone's story that you maybe would never know about. Um, and a lot of people like that. You know, that a lot of, I think a lot of people have gravitated towards that. So honestly, man, it, it was awesome. I, Kyle, his whole crew, everybody over there has done an awesome job, and I, I hope they continue this up for a long time. I think it's good for us riders. I think it's good for the sport. Um, I, I think it's kind of good for, for, honestly, everybody involved. So, no, I've, I've been pumped with it, man. They've been really cool. For sure. And now, Nick, uh, watching this episode, I know you've had to uh, have enjoyed all those photos of uh, of – of Colt's youngest years when he's racing with that uh, pretty stylish looking number. I believe it has a nine five in it. I do like that number. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what's, uh, what was your take on, on seeing all that cool old footage and seeing uh, a young man uh, go from, uh, uh, from pretty timid on the track to attacking things and coming back from a pretty serious knee injury to be rather successful in 2016. Yeah, to be honest, man, it, it just, uh, like we were talking about before it anyone that grows up riding a dirt bike dreams of one day racing in a stadium and uh 
his dream came true, which is rad, you know? And like, and I think sometimes that some of the most timid guys are the guys that don't have the most outstanding amateur careers end up being like the guy or one of the guys in the, you know, in the big, in the big ranks, just for that reason, because they're not burnt out. Like, um, and it's just really cool to see. Cause like you see a guy like that, like, I mean, I remember watching East coast and like, I was like, dude, that guy's fucking ripping. He was ripping. And then he, you know, hurt his knee, but it was just, it's so cool to see like it come around because a lot of times you'll see something like that. You'll see like a guy and he's ripping, gets a knee injury and then you don't really hear from him again. And I think everyone has that kind of a story even to see him come back and land on a good bike. And, and now he's going to be on an even better bike. I think it's, it's really cool. And I'm really happy we got to share that story with everybody. Sure. Now, uh, when it comes to the riding side of things, uh, Colt, you're a guy who uh, moves around on the, on the motorcycle quite a bit. You do stay, uh, so, uh, at times you do stay, stay, stay pretty centered, of course, uh, under the tutelage of a guy like uh, Robbie Renard. Um, what, how, how is your riding style and uh, how, how does it change when you're being filmed by a guy like Kyle than whether it is you're, you're just throwing down laps? Like, is, does it change at all? Are you, are you intentionally trying to do any certain thing to kind of uh, give the, the, the camera a little bit of extra eye candy or is it business as usual? Uh, I mean, of course, you got to throw a little something in there every now and then, you know, just to make yes, people sir. happy. But, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, honestly, like, whenever they were filming, we were doing a lot of uh, moto stuff and, uh, you know, trying to work the stopwatch, all that kind of stuff. But I like to ride with a, a little a little more, I don't want to say flair or whatever, but uh, just something a little more than just trying to burn laps. You know, I, I do well when I'm out having fun. If I go through a whip over a jump or – do something that I think is cool personally. Um, that's when I'm at my best. I'm having fun, you know, and I, I don't like going out there and just like trying to do. Yeah. I mean, of course I try to keep my form as perfect as I can get it to, you know, perfect my lap times or whatever we're doing. But man, I like to have a good time. As long as I'm having a good time on my dirt bike, everything else will kind of take care of itself. But, uh, no, we, we got some honestly really, really good shots wherever he was filming. Um, I was really pumped with some of how the riding footage turned out and stuff like that. I wish we could have, uh, I wish they could have came out to Oklahoma and got some stuff out there. That would have been really cool um, to do some stuff there just because the dirt is so much better than out here. And we had, you know, I go, could have went to Rainier Raceway and had some really cool stuff there. Maybe that we'll save that for the future at some point. But uh, no, I think Sounds we like made really three. good with what we had. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle, why didn't you go like out to, uh, <laughs> why did you go out to, to Oklahoma? That's well within the, uh, the, the stack budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe from the outside looking in, that seems like that's the case. But uh, no, we that was kicked around actually. Us going out to Oklahoma, and originally um, Colt was going to share an episode with uh, his longtime friend Justin Bogle, um, and we actually shot Justin's interview footage. And then shortly after that, he had a couple injuries that basically kept him off the bike for most of the summer. So we weren't able to get any riding footage of Just- Justin and. We were planning on actually trying to go out to Oklahoma, and it's like, all right, if we do that, we can get stuff with Colt for the episode, and then it just never kind of came to fruition because of Justin's injuries. But I'm always, you know, the budget's there. I'll, I'll go to Oklahoma any day of the week. <laughs> well, right on, man. Well, I would, I would absolutely love to see it. Um, 
Cole, uh, talking a little bit about uh, what, what's new and exciting in your world, uh, jumping off of a very capable machine that was underneath you with the uh, the Rock River Yamaha guys, uh, stepping onto the star bike. Uh, wh- where are you as far as your progression and, and setting that thing up for your full-blown assault, assault for, i got to imagine, uh, some West Coast Supercross? Uh, that's what we're shooting for. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of trying to wait and see, obviously, when I get a little closer where they're going to put me, but, uh, I, I'm shooting for that. I, I'm hoping to be ready for that. I feel really good now. We're making a lot of progress, but, uh, yeah, I came from cycle train and that bike was honestly really good. That was the sole reason why I took that ride. Uh, kind of had to call Christina and beg and plead for it. And, uh, she gave, took a chance on me. So I was pumped on that, but, uh, they had a really good bike and now everything is just taken to another level with the star deal. Um, you know, you have more opportunity to test things, more budget, more kind of everything. So honestly, when I got on the bike, uh, they gave it to me, we rode two days of outdoors and then we went straight to supercross. And from the first day I like set the levers and the bars when we were in the shop and I, I didn't touch it for like two weeks. Um, I hopped on it, rode it in outdoors and was like, yeah, this thing's sick. And then they're like, yeah, let's ride some supercross on it. And they threw supercross suspension. I was like, wow, it's even sicker than I thought. So I didn't touch it. And, uh, just within the past week or two, uh, we've really dipped into doing a lot of testing and doing some motor stuff, suspension stuff to really fine tune it. And honestly, I'm blown away with how much we can do, uh, how much is just out there, uh, you know, to try, which is something I've been pleasantly surprised to see before it was kind of like hey this is what you got get used to it this is what we're going to do you know so um just to see the options honestly is is really 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 cool um i've been getting to work with gareth swanapool now and uh cooper webb plessinger um all these guys so that's been new for me and it's an exciting change um i've been very very pumped with everything that's been surrounding me right now and still talking to Robbie as much as possible and uh, making sure everything's good back home. But, uh, no, man, it, it's been really cool. The, the opportunity with this new team is something I've dreamed of since I was a little guy. Even just to ride at these tracks with these people, with this team, um, honestly, I, I couldn't be happier. Like I said, it's something I wanted to do for so long. So to see a dream come true is is honestly just that. It's a dream come true. So, um, man, it's been fun. I'm looking forward to the process, though, and hopefully lining up at A1 soon. There you go. Well, uh, so, but uh, one of the things I noticed about the Spectrum series is that, uh, like, once you get into the episodes, there's always, like, there's tons of great cinematography, uh, great shots, good interviews. But by the end of the episodes, uh, there's always, if there's, if there's one or if there's two, uh, particular, um, subjects that are, are, that are in it, you end up rooting for these athletes, uh, to be successful by the end. Do you find that when you're watching the same thing is, like, some of these guys you're getting up, um, competing against but by the time that that 35 45 minutes is up uh you're you're almost like you're a fan of these athletes and you want to see them do well and i can't think that that's not the uh, any different than when people watch your episode because uh by the end of it uh i almost wanted to go online and see if i could uh, buy a colt nichols jersey number 69 and uh and just fly the flag <laughs> you guy. yeah that's pretty cool man I, that's kind of what i i think that they kind of shoot for as well just to see this because i mean personally me I race motocross and I race all these guys that have had these interviews with or done a spectrum series. And I mean, I respect the hell out of all these guys just because I know what they do. I mean, I know how much work I put in. So I know they have to be doing something similar to be successful in the sport. And um, it's honestly just really cool though, because you see each person's like finely tuned story and they're all different, you know, like where we came from, how we got there. Um, You know, I I respect the hell out of all these guys. It's it's pretty cool to actually see, though, their actual story and uh, how much it took to get to where they are. It's been pretty cool. 
For sure. Now, uh, well, motocross is a pretty cool sport. No surprise that we got some cool stories. Uh, Kyle or Nick, uh, do you have any, uh, parting, uh, questions for, for a guy like, uh, Colt? Cause, uh, he likes answering questions as I, uh, I, I said earlier. I'm just, I'm just still impressed about how well spoken Colt is and how he carries himself. Like after his interview, um, cause Colt was the first guy we shot with, um, for season two back in, ooh, January, like, middle January, I think. Um, and we did his, his interview, I think, the first day of shooting. And I remember afterwards, um, our, myself and then my still photographer, Will Topete, we were like, damn, Cole can speak really well and he's comfortable on camera and just like, not not a dummy. You know, like some guys are just, we're just like, oh boy, this is rough. But um, <laughs> Cole, was, Cole was very uh, well-spoken and I was, I guess not really a question, it's just more of a compliment to Colt. I'm just jealous, Colt, you speak so well. Yeah, we, <laughs> well, thank you, we'd man. make us all look bad, Colt. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, up until this past, I guess it's because I've never had any interviews before, I didn't do well enough to get any, but uh, <laughs> all the way up until like this past year, or like this whole past year, everyone has kind of told me that, you know, from hearing this or hearing that, and I don't really know where that comes from, to be honest, but uh, I don't know if that's just being a good old Oklahoma boy or something. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. But, uh, no, I had awesome parents when I was younger. They taught me a lot of great things. And I think that's kind of instilled in everything that I've done. So I try to keep it that way. If I'm not, then I'm sure they'll slap me back in line. So <laughs> I, I, I'll credit it to I, I, that, though. Yeah, I, I actually, I guess the question I have for Colt, uh, whenever you get to the point where you can get a, a career permanent number, would you go back to 69 for your career number? 100%. Or ninety-five. <laughs> that was a very, very quick answer, man. I, I wanted to like kill it outdoors so I could make that like a career number, and it just didn't happen for me. But that whole number system, stupid. I think it's important, but I really wanted yeah. to keep sixty-nine. I really did. <laughs> That's well, uh, uh, a guy on this side of the phone call uh, did run number thirty-nine for about five races back in two thousand and one. So uh, you're in good company, my friend. Oh, okay, I'm all right with that then. As long as I'm in go, good company, go. I'll keep it. There you go. And, uh, and what, what about Nick? Um, you've never met the guy in person or maybe one time you did at, at Anaheim one, but, uh, honestly, I wouldn't remember meeting me either. Uh, do you have, uh, do you have any questions for, uh, uh, the great Colt Nichols? Just, uh, I, I'd like to ask what, you know, what, uh, what you're doing for season three, cause we want you back and we want to go shoot in Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm ready to do anything, man. I'm down for whatever. I say we get a little creative with it. But, uh, no, I mean, I would love to yeah. be a part of anything that you guys have going on. I mean, I think that you guys cool. have done excellent work with everything. So I'm, uh, I'm down awesome. for it. I, say we do I think that uh, because Colt is on a uh, Yamaha, he should somehow end up on a uh, Yamaha YZ, and it's Z, guys. It's Z. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, 250 two-stroke in December and race that two-stroke race, uh, and all filmed and, uh, and, and basically have Kyle follow him the entire weekend. Uh, that sounds like a good idea to me because I like two-strokes. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm all right with that. I'm a two-stroke guy myself. I just bought my dad a YZ1 before I came to California, so I'm waiting a to y- 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 so I can get on that thing. You bought your dad a Y what? A YZ125. A, a, a YZ125? 
Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, guys. Well, that's all. You got a uh, YZ 125. If your dad likes to ride a 125. That's a, a pretty aggressive um, uh, bike for 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 an older guy. I think my my dad never oh, would, I know. Would, would, won't jump on my 125. Yeah, I, I don't know why he likes that, but it's just I, I don't know. He, he always wanted a 125. Yeah, I guess since that was kind of the first bike that he had. Yeah. And, uh, like, he had one in 1998, and he loved it. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, dude, this is so much better. You don't understand, but <laughs> he stuck to his old ways, so he, he wanted to want The old one's so still better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, that, that, that 98 would have been a great motorcycle. But, uh, Colt, uh, we've, we've got to get running, but I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. As we get closer to uh, Anaheim 1 or uh, when whenever you, the first race that you will we'll next see you at, definitely uh, call you back up and see how the progression is going. We, we uh, appreciate you so much for giving us some time. Um, but we'll, we'll cut it off right there, man. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you guys for having me, Kyle. Been talking to you boys, yeah. and uh, I'm sure we'll be saying yep. them, But yeah, thank you guys. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. We're going to throw it to commercial here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. We'll be right back with uh, more guests with the Spectrum Series Season 2, which is available on Vimeo.com. Colt, once again, an awesome interview. Um, that's uh, another home run for uh, for you. And uh, yeah, just I can't, can't say enough good things about you, big guy. Hey, man, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm always a pleasure to join you on the show, so thank you. Did you dress up for Halloween this year? What? Did you dress up for Halloween this year? No, I didn't, actually. I didn't I didn't do much for Halloween. My parents came out here to uh, hang out for a few days, so I'm just getting some much-needed family time in, so that's about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, we'll let you get back to that, um, and uh, we, like, uh, we'll talk again soon, my friend. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, take care. Cool. Thank you, Cole. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Thank you, guys. See you. Bye. See you, guys. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial, and we'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live-what-you-love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. When it's time to turn heads, Spokeskins has you covered. Whether it's dirt bikes, street bikes, or bicycles, nobody does it better than Spokeskins. Mix and match your spokes, or go with the same color all the way around. Either way, Spokeskins is the way to go to customize the look of your bike. Uniting off-road riders on every end of the budget spectrum, Spokeskins is aimed at giving you the custom look without the custom price tag. If you're looking to set your bike apart from the rest of the herd, turn some heads, 
and be able to change your bike's look on the fly? Head to Spokeskins.net. They don't just have Spokeskins on their website. They've got more. New products are being added all the time, like the Motul Slacker Digital Sag Scale, and just recently, Galfer Off-Road Series Rear Brake Lines, Oversized Rotor Kit, and Front Brake Lines as well. So do what I did. Head to Spokeskins.net today, place your order, and get set up to turn some heads out there. Spokeskins, we've got you covered. K-Rock 105.5, next caller. Wesley Williams. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, what's, what's up, What's going boys? on? We We're not recording just yet, but welcome to the broadcast. Oh, dang. I, I, I plan that entrance all day long. Oh, I can, I'm already recording. I can, I, can, I can put that in if you'd like. Hey, pre-record, pre-record that shit eight seconds, man. You can do it on video cameras. Surely can do it on well, some audio, yeah. right? I can't, I can't do it that authentically no, again. You, I, I don't, I, I don't doubt that in any uh, shape or form. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's, uh, <laughs> uh honestly, um, bef- like, I'll probably reiterate this on the podcast, but, um, it's maybe partly thanks to you and a lot your fault that I do this. Oh sweet! Well, I, I I would like to hear both sides of that. <laughs> well, like I'm I'm a I'm a pain in the ass <laughs> to a guy like Steve Mathis because of you, and uh, I'm now closer to the sport that I love so much because of you. Oh, that's fantastic! I'm glad. It's it's kind of like having a kid. You sometimes you want it, and sometimes you don't. So there you go. I, although I don't know that from personal experience, but I just think that in my own head. So yeah, not, not that so you cool, know man. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I could provide that to you. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, no, I absolutely used to like get like I used to have really shitty grades in high school because of how much time I spent on verbmoto.com. Oh, I see. Yeah, that I get that a lot too. So yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good. I know a, a lot of schools ended up being like, what the hell is this bird moto thing? And then getting blocked everywhere. Mm. So dirt bikes were once cool in school and they uh, became not so cool once teachers figured out. Well, well a we website were. is a little different than a magazine stuff from the back of a binder, which is something we both probably did at some point. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When I was in high school, um, yeah, there was no such thing as dirt bike interweb. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was. Uh, you're jerking was, off yeah, the pictures to on a piece of paper. Sure. And magazines. <laughs> Once upon VHS tapes, oh, bro. VHS. Dad's VHS tapes. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> go, go and raid your dad's closet. Holy shit. Freaking Spring Break Hotties 1994. 94. That's, I'm thinking further back, probably. <laughs> but either way, uh, this conversation <laughs> took a, uh, well, honestly, probably figured it would go that way. But, um,. Yeah, I was about to say I don't. I, I if you know Cowling, which obviously you do. I mean, it's I don't know what else to really expect here. I didn't actually feel like we'd talk about dirt bikes and cameras. It's probably going to be more about other things. Absolutely, and, and, yeah. and as it should be. Uh, in, in a short little while here, we'll we'll pull uh, we'll, we'll pick up. Um, Mitchell Oldenburg, the freckle. Uh, I try to think of his name. I only just call him freckle anyway. Uh, but uh, we'll pick him up. Uh, the two of you can kind of uh, um, like 
natter at him with questions. We'll drop Oldenburg. We'll talk a little bit more about, about cameras and shooting and, of course, uh, the cinematography that you provided for uh, Andrew Jackson's piece. And, uh, and then we'll, uh, shortly after that, we'll, uh, we'll go into a couple other athletes like Matt Bachelia and, uh, and, and Michael uh, Mosman. Are you down for something like that? Oh, let's do it. I'm, I'm game on. Kyle's game on. I'm game on. Whatever. Let's do this. Kyle's eating pizza right now, uh, so it'll mostly be between the you, the you and I, but uh, I, I feel some positive banter. So uh, without further ado, uh, with us on the line, we've got none other than uh, the great, the only, Wesley Williams. Wes, how's it going? Oh, fantastic, boys. Fantastic. How are we doing over there? Oh, we're pretty good <laughs> over here getting to whip of tails. <laughs> So wait, did I even get on accent. live now? It wasn't live before, like, but now we're live. We, we were live, but now we're we're not we're like we were, were we were live. We were recording, but now we're doing like the podcast part. But like, I'm gonna put okay. all of it in, so it's gonna sound really weird when people listen to it. Wow, dude, this <laughs> we went from live to ultra live back to like now. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what's going on. Is this real live still? I think we're still talking, so that's that's a that's okay, a positive. Good, good. Um, it's it's so a pleasure to this, have you on the show. The grandiose entrance was nice. I thought you were about to introduce Mitchell Oldenburg, and then when you said my name, I was like, "Holy shit!" I almost jumped up and down. Like you were excited <laughs> to see you. Yeah, like I do. I thought you were about like that. Was like, dang, I, like someone big is about to come on the line, and I thought you were introducing someone else, and then you said my name, and I was like, "Whoa!" Holy, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's not that, nearly that, as exciting. At, at straight rhythm this past weekend, when I met Wes in the morning, I had my sunglasses on, and he saw himself in the reflection of my sunglasses, and he started jumping up and down, all excited. And I thought it was because he hadn't seen me in a while, but he just <laughs> saw himself in my sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we've all been yeah. guilty of falling in love with each ourselves while we brush. Yeah, our teeth. a little bit of narcissism goes a long way, doesn't it? Hey, if someone's not, if That's I'm not going to pat my, myself on the back, nobody will. This is a podcast <laughs> I basically do for free. Um, Wes, uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you on the show because, as I said earlier, and uh, it, 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 you're you're completely at fault and you're completely to thank for uh, for for where we are today. About 320 podcasts into the Big MX Radio podcast, wow. and uh, 120. We are, Congrats. Yes, sir. Started uh, in 2015, I believe. 14? 14. 14. Uh, and um, we've, we've been steady at it. And uh, it's been a long time coming to have you on the show. Actually, we, we yep, contacted yep. each other. Of, when, uh, you texted, when you texted me today, I looked at our old text messages, and uh, it was right around War Machines that you were trying to get me on before. So it yeah. was like well over a year ago that you're like, hey, you want to be on the show? And I, like, I text back, yeah. And then I like looked to see where the conversation went, and then it just went dead. So I was like, "Oh, well, maybe, maybe he didn't like the movie, and I shouldn't have. He didn't want me on the show." But like, Dude, it, that, there's no there is, there's no explanation there is, why. Like, in my there text, there is an explanation like, why, and it's because <laughs> basically I really didn't think that I uh, would have done you justice, man. Uh, I at the time wasn't getting a lot of listeners, and uh, I was like, I don't want to waste this guy's time. He's, I was kind of nervous to continue talking to you, so uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I I just literally I let you slip slip between my fingers uh, accidentally on purpose because I was a little bit ashamed of how small my podcast was. There. All right, man. Well, you know what? It sometimes feels good to slip between the fingers. So, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we waited a year, and I'm, I'm finally here. 
And uh, I can prove to you that I do enjoy War Machines because on my uh, my iTunes, which I am only able to keep a certain number of uh, of mo- movies on here because uh, of, of limited space on on the small hard drive on my my MacBook Pro, I have Mighty Ducks One. Oh my God! Quack. Moto the movie. Quack. The first one. <laughs> Wow. And War Machines. I have three movies. Yours is one of them, and uh, yeah. and, and Mighty Ducks is is one of the other ones. So uh, knowing that, what what uh, what does that mean to you? What what kind of sentiment is that that a, a film like War Machines, in its in its all its greatness, would be uh, would be featured as one of the three on my laptop? That that's spectacular. And you know, what? ironically, when War Machines first came out, like on the sports page. The first day, it was sitting next to Mighty Ducks, and I have the screenshot of it on iTunes beating Mighty, that's beating Mighty Ducks by one spot. And I was like, holy shit, I'm beating Coach Bombay. Emilio! And it was, it was a big moment in my life. And uh, so that's funny that that's also one of the, one of the uh, movies on your laptop. So, I mean, hey, those are three really good movies. I mean, I would definitely pick Moto 1 and, uh, and Mighty Ducks first, but hey. Well, like, uh, if, if you were to play all three, you'd, you'd save the best for last by going with, uh, <laughs> uh, with, with, with War Machines. But uh, like, we're having you well, on the show well, because of your involvement with uh, the Spectrum series. What's it like working with a jamoke like Kyle here? Because uh, he's about as unprofessional <laughs> as they come, but that kind of fits in with how you do things. Well, the great thing is, is I've, I've known Kyle and uh, I've dealt with his unprofessionalism for many, many years now. So it was no surprise to me had I shown up on a shoot and been like, first time working with him, I'd have been like, what the hell did I get myself into? But it was uh, it was nice to have expectations set, uh, whether, you know, it might have been a low bar, but uh, at least I knew what to expect going in there. <laughs> Completely kidding, of course, but um, it, it was uh, it was actually funny. He, he wanted me to come help, and I was like, oh, Mr. Pretty sure, what was it on this show that he, uh, he talked about, oh, I hate red cameras and, uh, and, and <laughs> all this great new hate- technology? I- I didn't say I hate red cameras. I just, you know, there's a time and a place for them. That's all, <laughs> all I said. Jeez. Wes, Wes knows this. He just likes to give me shit. And then... Uh, yeah, I just like to give shit. When we did that shoot with Andrew Jackson, it was like, oh, we're shooting on the red, and I just spent like a week ago... <laughs> it, was like the week at, it was like the week after. Yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like a total douche. <laughs> so is is this what you guys do when you hang out? Is that you 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 rip on each other and talk about uh, filming equipment? Man, well, honestly, I think that's it. It's always been the dynamic in our crew. I I think whether it was with, when Ryan Walters and the whole Verb crew and Kyle, Jason Crane, like we had all kinds of us, and I'm pretty sure that was like the way it was always. Like we just have this great camaraderie of always just shit talking each other and like. Every once in a while, yeah. you give each other a pat on the backs, but nobody can get that big of a head. No egos involved. So uh, yeah, I think I think Kyle, uh, don't we just shit talk each other more than anything? <laughs> Pretty much. I remember 2012 at Hangtown. Uh, I, I don't know if we were shooting for like Ally Sports or what, but uh, we had to do like a like ten different like news type pieces for Ally. Some crazy amount of quick edits, and uh, I remember driving home. Uh, after Hangtown with, I think it was U.S. and Andrew Campo, and I think Walt was in the car with us. I don't know if we were driving home or we were on the way back to the hotel, but I remember Wes like, had gone through all our footage and he was scolding us because I will never forget. Wes was like, oh, you fuckers shot like you're riding the novice class right now. You're all a bunch of C-class kids 
with cameras right now. No one did anything worth a damn. And I was like, whoa. What? I said right. that? I swear to God, Wes, it was hilarious. Like, I, you were, like, pissed, but in my head, I'm like, I can't take this guy seriously right now because, I mean, he shot just as poorly as us, so he can go fuck himself. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I remember that. It was pretty funny. You were, you were not happy with us. Wow, I, d- I don't, I don't, I don't recall that. But then again, I think that year was uh, also the the day I decided to go out on the Red Bull bus the night before Hangtown and almost died on the track the next day. <laughs> yeah, and then, Probably. and then, yeah, I'm pretty sure that all of us were feeling it that day. And I think we're also doing Road to Loretta's a Stewart series. We like were. there was so much, go- yeah, there was so was much going so much. on that it was. Uh, it was not. It wasn't pleasant for anybody. I don't think. I, I remember thinking, yes. I think, I'm pretty sure it was that year, so we went out on the Red Bull bus, and, like, we ended up staying out till four in the morning. I don't, Kyle, you weren't on there with us. I think it was me. I Walt was, no, I was, yeah. And David Bulmer, and, uh, and I remember barely being able to get to the track, and, like, I was out there sweating so badly during practice, and I was like, I can't do it. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go get my truck, and I'm going to leave, and I was like, well, I already got paid for today, so I'm just going to. I'm just going to leave and uh, and never call any of these people back. I'm done. I was like, this is my, this is how I equip motocross. And uh, it, that legitimately went through my head because I felt so hungover that day. And uh, awesome. I've, I've always made sure never to go that big on the night before a big shoot or a big race ever again. <laughs> Cause it was terrible. Cause, but I made it through that day, but apparently I yelled at you, but we can see yeah. why, man, I was in a, I was in a, in a probably a bad state of mind. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, it's just for whatever reasons I've always remembered that for some reason. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's not. It's not like a bad memory. It's more of, a, especially now, it's just a funny memory. <laughs> that well, wasn't it, even um, a sincere it, apology, anyway. What? Is that that was from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. Which is, which is, I mean, the black thing, is the day is, is long. Kyle probably shot a lot better back then than he does now. So um, true. You know. It, yeah, I think. Taking a few steps backwards, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, <laughs> I mean, if, if you were novice class back then, just think about where you are now. I'm not even, I'm like first-timer. I'm not even a beginner. I'm full-on first-timer. <laughs> but For sure. Like, yeah. I heard that season three of the Spectrum series is going to be filmed on an iPhone. <laughs> it might get canceled if I don't get my act together. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, hey, hey, speaking of getting your act together, I, I think we got some really cool ideas to go for next season. So I think... Uh, that's true. I, I don't know if you spilled That's... the beans on any of it yet, but I think we got some great ideas. So, I mean, I know that we're we're here to talk about last season, but I think for next season, you're you're stepping it up even more so than you did this season. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, Wes, is that uh, how how have you watched Kyle evolve as an artist, as a as a filmmaker over the years? Um, What were some of the things that he made mistakes of, or did too much of years previous that he's either moved away from, or or just kind of a less is more approach? Like how how has he kind of evolved into uh, the cinematographer, video maker that he is today? Well, I, I I think what always attracted me to Kyle, uh, not not as far as his looks go, but as far as his uh, he's lying, <laughs> he's lying. his <laughs> hat. Um, no, I, I've yeah, always, hat. always really appreciated the style and how unique uh, of shooting and editing he does, and I think he holds true to that to this day, which like really makes me like his work. So. Um, back when we started working together in 2010 and 11, I liked it then. And that's really what I still enjoy about his work now. It's like, 
you know, there's so many people out here doing it now that uh, you feel like you see the same things a lot of times. And I know when I watch Kyle's stuff that it's always going to be a unique take, a unique vision, a unique story, uh, unique camera work. So, um, you know, I, I think at, for, for me, it's just completely different than my style of everything. So I really enjoy his work for that reason. So I think, like, especially uh, us coming together on this Andrew Jackson thing, it's like, uh, being able to to gel our styles together, literally being polar opposites, I would say. Um, you know, it's really cool to see where they meet in the middle. And uh, like for me, it's it's it was rad to be able to shoot all day, and then for Kyle to have my footage and see how his editing style put together the stuff I shot. And I mean, I I think it turned out awesome. So um, so yeah, I mean. It, I, I don't even know that Kyle's necessarily evolved that much. I mean, I, if anything, he stayed he stayed true to his game and uh, and his style, and he's just gotten better at his craft. I mean, so I guess in a sense that's evolving, but at the same time, it's uh, I, I I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I, I think like I I think Les is, is pretty right. Like I haven't changed much. I think. What's, oh, I guess, evolving or I'm getting better at is more, and we've talked about this, Brad, um, like just my interview, uh, interviews in terms of like lighting and comp- composing them, I think, are getting better and better. Because um, like season one, when we did it, I only had one softbox light that eventually broke and then I had no lights. Um, and then season two, I ended up getting four different softbox lights. So I was spent this entire second season like learning how to try and light an interview nicely and all that stuff. So. I think that stuff's evolving, but everything else is kind of staying the, the same for better or worse. Just, you know, I got a gimbal. I use a gimbal now, trying to sometimes. That's new for me. That's a big deal. So, The guy that hates technology yeah. stepping up his game. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a real <laughs> bad day when I invest in a red camera. I'm going to get so much shit for it. Kyle Cowley. <laughs> yeah, you are. Hipsters make movies. <laughs> So uh, between the two of you, I gotta ask: uh, when you guys watch other uh, motocross videos or other uh, like stuff that's not done by you, uh, what are some of the uh, like kind of insider things that filmmakers notice that maybe the layperson, the guys like me who just just watch them and get be entertained? Like, what are some of the things that you guys pick apart, or like I couldn't believe they did that shot again? What what, what are some of the things that drive the two of you guys nuts that that way? Hmm. Wesco. That's uh, a Wesco. <laughs> well, I would say what's funny is it's not just motocross videos that you pick apart. It's like pretty much every facet of filmmaking in general that you pick apart. Whether it's going and watching Jason Bourne in the movie theater or watching Moto Eight the movie, it's uh, it just never ends. And even my girlfriend and my mom will like, well, if we're all watching a movie it, together, it's always like they. They start noticing things too because I'll throw up my hands and be like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" And it's like my 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 girlfriend mentioned the other day. She's like, "I can't ever watch a movie the same anymore. I always notice the stupid shit that you point out." It's uh, <laughs> so I, another I Hitchcock really enjoy- shot, really. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't I don't let that ruin my movie experience. So I I mean I I like watching and learning from anything and everything I can. So I mean that that's what's cool about filmmaking is everybody does it different and. uh I mean, I, and I, I love watching Cowling stuff and then, you know, watching like Taylor Cognon stuff. And I mean, I, I try to watch everything with an open mind and say, all right, they did that really good. 
and damn, they sucked at that. And, uh, you know, I, I try to utilize everybody else's styles and techniques to help evolve my work all the time. So I don't know. I always, I always appreciate what everybody does in the sense of, uh, you know, it helps me learn. So that's Fair my enough. take well, on that. Is, is there anything that, uh, Kyle does that doesn't help you learn and just hinders you getting your, your job done at the end of the day? I mean, yeah, it's pretty well, much everything. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah let's yeah, not even he, start on that list. Yeah. I mean, if you saw my, if you, if you saw my footage from Red Bull Straight Rhythm this weekend, you would be questioning why I'm doing this for a living. <laughs> it's not good. Fair I enough, I Go ahead and listen back to this podcast, and you'll figure, you'll wonder why I'd still do this. <laughs> yes, I spent all day Saturday just basically apologizing to Wes about how shitty I was shooting, and then I really like I think Sunday or Monday or something I went through the footage, and uh, I was looking at everything on the computer, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is unacceptable." I I called Wes and I'm like, dude, we need to discuss my rate and probably adjust it to something much lower because I give you unusable footage. Like I was embarrassed. Yeah, I you know, and, and he's, take the, the, he's the first off, camera asshole. guy that's ever done that. And I I think he's probably exaggerating on how bad it was because I know a lot of his shots got used. So I think he's definitely exaggerating. But uh, I respected that phone call so much. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay you four eight just for that, Kyle, because I'm <laughs> sure you were kidding anyways. But uh, but no, yeah, a lot of guys should do that. Like I get footage from people sometimes and say, you're going to charge me for this stuff. So I thought it was actually pretty funny that you should call me. Fair enough. Well, there's some clips of mine in there and they don't look that bad, but oh, yeah, I was, I was stressing out all day long. But, oh, oh, but to go back to your original question, what, what does Kyle do that, that hinders me? Right on guys. Uh, well, it, um, it, it, we're going to get, back. I would say number one, let's go back to yeah. the Andrew Jackson shoot. He's like, Hey man, let's grab a few shots in the morning. So I was like, yeah, cool. No problem. And so I don't, I don't think I really ate breakfast. So I just grabbed a cup of coffee and I was like, sweet, I'll be, you know, we'll be done after, you know, a couple hours after sunrise. And Kyle failed to mention that we were shooting all day. So it, he hindered me eating breakfast and lunch and made me hey. get to the point of being extremely hangry because he just kept going one more shot, mm. one more shot. And I was like, dude, had you told me this, I would have freaking got a big ass breakfast burrito mm. and I would have been a happy camper all day. I Instead, he, pizza, he hangs me out the side of a yeah. freaking moving vehicle. And this one time, the door almost took off my leg. Like, luckily, my leg wasn't down. Otherwise, I would literally have that. I'd have one leg right now. And uh, and so, yeah, well, I don't know. Well, he's, he's terrible at bungee cording doors and telling me that we're not going to have lunch until two o'clock. I didn't. Well, I wasn't responsible for the bungee cords. That was all Brian. He was uh, <laughs> he was in charge of rigging, and he didn't do a good job on that. But. In my defense, you did say that this was some of the best footage you ever shot, and you're probably going to have to use a lot of it for your demo reel. So I think that oh, kind absolutely. of balances it, it, was, it, out. it was it it was super good. I will give you that. Like how often? Like I, I'm I'm not the kind of ballsy person that that we are or we were. Then I don't know. I don't show up to L.A. and just go run rampant around the city without without <laughs> permits and planning. So like for us to be like, all right, we're going to go film whatever the hell we want in downtown LA out of a moving vehicle, I was like, sweet, at least I'm not going to be the one to get in trouble for this. I'm just along for the <laughs> ride. And sure enough, we went and did the most epic shit 
And I was like, I never would have done this myself. So, um, yeah, it actually ended up being like some of the most amazing stuff. Um, well, I'm sure you guys saw in the episode, like just, uh, Andrew going down that hill in downtown LA freaking 60 miles an hour or something crazy. And I just could not believe that we got that shot. Yeah. So. I'm like, I, I, I was like behind Wes. We were getting that shot and it took us like three different tries to get that oh, shot. Sure. And we missed it. We had, it took us like 10 minutes to get back to the top of that hill and basically reset. Um, and I think the third time was when we got it and we had to go through this intersection and the light was turning yellow and I'm yelling. Two intersections. We had to, we had to hit, we had yeah. to hit two green lines. Yeah. And I was, uh, one of them was turning yellow and Brian, who was our driver, who did an amazing job, kick ass. I'm like behind Wes, he's shooting, trying to get the shot. And I'm yelling at Brian. I'm like, go. He's like, the, the, the light's turning yellow. I'm like, go faster, faster. Like, keep going. Don't stop. Well, I'll pay for your ticket if you run the red light. So it was, that's, that's nice. one of my, I think one of our favorite shots. It came out so cool. Well, if nothing yeah, else, Kyle, I, you are a maverick. You are a maverick, Kyle. Uh, pushing, uh, pushing Wesley, Wesley Williams to his very brink of what he finds morally right, uh, when it comes to, uh, shooting and, it's uh, not, it, and no, do, I, I have no moral compass when it comes to breaking film walls like give me a break like it's go. it's that's all bullshit so like let, let, let's not let's not say I have morals there let's just i just i'm just too big of a pussy when it comes down to it uh, yes. <laughs> that's probably the right so so kyle just had all of us together and uh and said we're doing this and i said all right sweet let's do it and then we're moving down the road 60 miles an hour i'm hanging out the side of the van and he had his hands on my shoulder saying i won't let you fly out of here Perfect. And so well, if, and he said, if you go, I go. We're, bo- we're both tumbling underneath the sprinter van if you go. So it gave me a lot of confidence to uh, to hang out the side and, and get it done. Yeah. I'm picturing, yeah, like, very, army fatigue when you guys are doing that. Like, that that in itself should have been filmed. Like, you go, I go, man. We're together on this. <laughs> we have a, <laughs> a, <laughs> a, a behind-the-scenes making of video that's going to come out pretty soon of that actual shoot day um, mm-hmm. with Andrew that uh, Aaron Eversman shot for us that um, actually used to work at Vermoto when I was working there with Wes and whatnot. Um, oh, yeah. So that should be coming out here, I would say, next week or two. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of it has some pretty funny moments of, you know, my hands on Wes's shoulders and, you know, cute, lovey moments. Love it. Those uh, those deep chocolate brown eyes. Let's add the yeah. freckle to this conversation so that we can uh, we can get his take on on his segment. And uh, Wes, this is an athlete that uh, you spent a good number of uh, moments uh, filming yourself, so uh, you can definitely chime in and uh, and have some questions for the young man because I believe you, you must have watched all the episodes of the Spectrum series. Yes, most all of them. Yes, most all of them. <laughs> well, I most all he means he only watched the one he filmed. No, no, that is a lie. I watched the first two and then that one, and I have not watched the Freckle one yet. So I do have like three downloaded on my laptop that I got to catch up. Hello. With. So I've watched. I've watched. Half. Mitchell Oldenburg. Freckle. Fair enough. Welcome. What's happening? Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, man. We're, we're it's uh, it's Wes Williams. It's Kyle Cowling. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. Welcome to the show. Thanks you so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. 
Well, we appreciate you making some time. And, uh, uh, just despite, uh, your freckled disposition, uh, you are eye candy when it comes to, uh, filming for, for motocross and, uh, your segment, your, your section of, uh, season two spectrum series is a special one. Uh, take us through the, the making of it uh, from your perspective and working with a, a bumbling fool that is Kyle Cowling. Yeah. Um, Kyle hit me up on Instagram. Uh, probably, I think it was like right before the last round of outdoors, and asked to do a yeah. a a, or a a video with me, and uh, yeah, I was stoked. You know, I've I've seen a couple of them. Uh, my good buddy Will Hahn, I I watched his and saw Dino's and and a couple other guys, and I was just stoked to be a part of it. It was a it was a cool experience. I really uh, enjoyed it, and it's just really cool how he gets like uh, the in depth view of of us racers. You know, I mean. Not many people get to see what we go through on a weekly basis and and see our upbringing. So it was, uh, it was a cool experience for sure. No doubt. And uh, so Wes, uh, you just mentioned that you have not yet watched uh, the uh, the the episode with Mitchell Oldenburg in it, despite that it was uh, uploaded uh, to the website one month one day ago. Um, oh. Why have you not gotten <laughs> around to it? And uh, but what do you expect to see when you do, in fact, watch that later this evening with shame in your heart? Well, this is actually one question I had for Mitchell: is how the hell. What 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 about Kyle makes it rider open up so much and feel so comfortable just spilling the beans, right? And so what I expect to see is a heartfelt Mitchell Oldenburg giving everything he's got from the bottom of his heart from start to finish, all these things that you would have never have known, but he trusts Kyle Cowling for some reason, that sweet little smiley face with his freaking pinata hat, <laughs> something about that. <laughs> and Mitchell says, I'm going to tell this guy everything, and he, I'm going to let him put it in the episode. But if Wes were to ask me these same questions, I'd look at him like he's a douchebag. So uh, <laughs> that's what I expect. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I expect a pretty uh, open and honest badass uh, doc, doco on uh, old Mitchell's life. Probably mentioning a few, uh, a little bit about Oak Hill being the GNC champion a few times. I don't know. I think honestly, like Mitchell just couldn't shut up about Minnesota and and how awesome it is there and, and, and racing against me at Staples when I was on a 125 and he was on a 65 and I couldn't smell his exhaust. Waxing. Me. Oh gosh! Like it is not even cool, but. Nevertheless, no. It was. It's a really cool uh, story how it all got tied together, Mitchell. And uh, why is it that uh, that Kyle is able to if uh, ev- evoke such uh, heartfelt, um, well done uh, interviews? Because uh, it's clearly something that I'm no good at. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really know. I can't really put a finger on it. He just. Uh, he he basically wanted to know everything from the beginning and and once you start uh getting in depth with with where where we came from and when we where we started from it it just it just kept going and i don't know i just couldn't couldn't really uh shut up about it you know i've been racing for since i was four years old so almost 18 years and it's just like the stories just start coming to mind and you just can't stop talking about it it's it's crazy for sure i just i don't know man it was it was a fun, fun time though, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I think too, like on my end, like because I, I wasn't 
super familiar with with uh, Mitchell's story, but I met him a year a year prior when we were in Oklahoma shooting with Jimmy Albertson for uh, his episode in season one. And Mitchell had already kind of after that been on my radar, and then getting me uh, reaching out to him, I was like, all right, this is gonna be cool. Like, I didn't know that much about him, so I was like, this is gonna be a cool like as I call him history lessons, like sit down and and basically bullshit for an hour on camera about you know where he came from everything in between to where he is present day. So it was like, even on my end, like I enjoy that process, especially with guys like Mitchell because, you know, they don't necessarily get the attention and spotlight they probably deserve. So it was cool to get his name out there and then also like get to hear where a guy like him has come from. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Mitchell, now that you're entering your second full season with the, uh, the Troy Lee Designs KTM team with, uh, backing from Red Bull. First of all, that's the coolest sponsor ever. But, uh, how awesome is it for you to be rolling into a season with, like, just momentum and knowing what your program's gonna be like, knowing who's put in place. And, uh, in a lot of ways, for you, it's business as usual and you can really just focus on preparing for the task at hand and that's, uh, uh, um, taking sweet Instagram videos and wearing brand new Red Bull hats on the daily. Yeah, it's uh, it's sick. You know, I mean, we've been I've been working my whole life to get to this point, and uh, you know, it, it's it's good to see it finally starting to come around and and start swinging in my favor. You know, I've I've put a lot of work in along with my whole family and just all the people who surrounded me from day one. It's just been an amazing experience. Uh, yeah, so second second full year with the team. Um been putting in a lot of work already this off season with uh my trainer Tyler Rattray and yeah, we've just been, been grinding away and, and trying to make as many uh gains and progress as we can and, and hopefully come out this next year swinging and, and fighting for some wins. Sure. Now, so, uh, what needs to happen for, uh, for those wins to start coming? Because, uh, um, for you, it's all about momentum and consistency, something that you're able to, uh, grab more of in 2016. Uh, as, as like every single year that you've been a pro, it seems like you've created more consistency and not, not only those flashes of brilliance, but, uh, consistent brilliance. And, uh, that's gonna, I, I think it's gonna add up to some seriously, uh, some good finishes for you uh, later on in the year. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, if I just just keep plugging away and doing what I've been doing, I think uh, it'll come eventually. I just uh, got to keep my head up and and just uh, focus on the weaknesses and 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 get them better. And uh, yeah, hopefully get some good starts and and start out the year uh, on a good note and don't uh, don't start out in a little rut. I kind of started out last year in a little bit of a rut and had some bad races at the beginning of the year. It took me a while to get get up to speed and get my confidence back. So uh, hopefully, just start out these first few races uh, strong and 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 decent finishes, and then build from there. And and like I said, hopefully we can we can get some wins this year and, and fight for some wins and and definitely be a contender. I think uh, I've been in this class long enough. It's time to uh, sink or swim, as uh, my dad would say. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll just keep plugging away and hopefully hopefully things work out. Fair enough. So, um, from from a from a performance standpoint, you're looking to uh, uh, elevate your game. Uh, when when working with a uh, uh, a guy like West, Wesley Williams over the uh, the years with the, uh, your amateur days and stuff like that, how did he elevate his game despite uh, an obvious inebriation? Oh man, I don't know. That's a that's a completely different side of the sport uh, <laughs> that I'm used to. Um, 
I don't know, man. Maybe maybe some more interviews with me would be nice. <laughs> hey, I feel like throughout the years at Oak Hill GNC, we would have done so many. That's how you're so good at interviews now, right? Like, you're so good on this podcast right now because yeah. you're like, damn, well, let's always put the camera in my face, and I learned how to do interviews really good on camera. I mean, yeah, it definitely helps. I just... Uh, <laughs> You gotta have your stuff together when they when they ask you. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not, I can't imagine what it's like being like a like a little eighty gram. Or like, I remember Mitchell. I mean, your brother. Like when I first, well, I guess when you guys first took over Oak Hill, I didn't really know who you guys were. Like just these Minnesota kids or whatever. And now you know when we're at the amateur nationals, I go and put the camera in like all kinds of kids' faces, and like it's just deer in <laughs> headlights most of the time. Like. Oh my God! Who's this guy? Why is he talking to me with the camera? <laughs> so I, yeah. I don't specifically remember you guys for the first time, but that's normally how it is. So I can imagine yeah. that's probably what you—that's probably what you guys did. Yeah, that's probably what happened. It's pretty nerve-wracking for us. <laughs> no doubt. You know what? It would have been at the—it uh, would have been 2008 when you guys took over Oak Hill, and it was the Burr Moto Oak Hill. GNC, we sponsored that bad boy. Yep. I think I spent the last five thousand dollars in my bank account to title sponsor the race. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, who, so who's better in a uh, in a backhoe prepping that Oak Hill track? Then is it the real McCoy or is it uh, Mitchell who's on the line right now? <laughs> that I don't know. We're not very good on equipment as it is. So. <laughs> Stay off. Uh, Dad normally takes care of that. <laughs> How how is the is your brother uh, doing, uh, uh, Mitchell? Is is he old enough to be racing at the uh, the Vet World Championships coming up this weekend? And if so, would you loan him a motorcycle? <laughs> no, nah. nah, not quite. He's uh he's twenty three, so no, nah, he's just been uh, plugging away with his graphics business, uh, OCD Designs, and doing graphics and signs and t shirts and hats, embroidery, all all sorts of stuff on on that end of it, and trying to. Uh, trying to get his brand out there as much as possible and yeah just uh plugging away with that now one of the things i noticed about the spectrum series because uh, i watched every episode unlike uh wes over here and then i rewatched all of them all in the same Damn. evening uh, <laughs> and what i did notice a uh, a recurring theme of of box jumps uh which is featured in i believe four different episodes and uh including yours uh, is that something that uh, is pretty is pretty regular throughout the, the the training regiment of motocross racers? Is that there's a lot of box jumping? Um, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, we we kind of do that in our our training program just to kind of get some uh, just get some like quick reaction time and and some just some quick strength out of our muscles and that that quick uh, the jolting, but. Um, yeah, think no, about I, how I, handy that would be if a box jumped out on the track. And yeah, you're like holy shit, a box. Yeah, I'm ready for yeah. this. <laughs> I've been too. <laughs> I've trained for this all my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I would definitely be ready for it. But no, I mean, uh, it was cool that uh, I actually had a, a Red Bull fitness test scheduled uh, that week that the uh, that Kyle got a, got in touch with me. So we ended up going down to Red Bull, and uh, it was a really cool experience to have him around there and do some filming with us. Uh, well, that's normally normally a, a really uh, really stressful day down at Red Bull. Uh, they push your body to its limit, and we get some good results from from our body. So it was really cool to have him there and see that side of it for us, and and really get the the suffering on camera. 
I'm sure Kyle yeah, was, enjoyed like the the stretching shots that you called the, the from from behind the long stretch <laughs> like that little Y Y one. Yeah, I was kind of like hoping you know at, at some point they would just you know Mitchell would get into like that Borat jumpsuit thing you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it never happened. I thought when he got on the bicycle at the, at the very least, you know. Um, Speaking of the bicycle, those yeah. VO2 tests you guys do at the Red Bull Center are insane. Like, yeah, they're they're definitely not fun. They're, uh, yeah, I don't look forward to them. <laughs> what what did you make it to? Do you remember the number? Uh, I made it like a minute into 360, I think. All right. Wow. So, Pretty dang good. Huh. You are l- lungs of a lion. Uh, do, right? do you do any work at the uh, on a on a Concept Two rower at all there? Uh, oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Probably uh, three or four times a week. I usually do that for my morning workout. Um, yeah, we get on the rower quite a bit. Uh, Greg over there helps us out a lot and, and hooks us up with some rowers. So it's a it's a love hate relationship for sure with the rower. <laughs> For sure. Well, it's, it's low impact, so even with some sort of an injury, and I know you've dealt with some some wrists in the past, that uh, you can still be able to do something like that. What kind of pace are you are you keeping for those younger listeners that are listening and, and kind of trying to figure out where they should be uh, they should be at as far as training goes? Like, uh, what's what's your sprint speed at on a concept too? Um, I'm not really sure about sprint speed. We we do a lot of our training off of heart rate zones, so I just try to stay in, in zone three as much as possible and. Uh, Normally, I think that's like right around um, like two two oh five, uh, two minutes five seconds per five hundred meters. Uh, okay, just cool. just just a nice steady pace, just to kind of keep the heart rate in in a in a good zone and a, a comfortable pace. Fair enough. Well, uh, I crushed a row yesterday at one fifty as my average uh, as my average uh, tempo. So I just wanted to kind of put a little some feelers out there. One fifty. Doing with the with, with the current uh, current fitness regime, but uh, um, boys, what what else do we have to ask uh, the the freckle here? The the kids just just champing at the bit to to give some uh, compelling answers. Um, <laughs> I I, I want to know which it didn't make it in the episode, but when we were at a when we were at the Red Bull headquarters doing his uh, uh, training stuff. They at one point in the middle of it had to take uh, some blood from him, and they were pricking him in the finger. But uh, I ended up <laughs> stop. I had to stop. I had to stop filming because it took him like thirty minutes to try and get the blood out of his finger, and they weren't getting anywhere. So I just wanted to know how angry Mitchell was getting because he kept getting pricked and pricked and pricked, and they couldn't get the blood out of him. Oh yeah, that was. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean. It definitely sucks getting pricked in the finger 40 times before you even start the test. But, um, no, it was, it was all good. It was a lot of fun just to be there and, and experience that, that kind of, uh, testing with those guys. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was insane. I mean, it was literally like, how long do you think that was, Mitchell? Like 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Or yeah, it, it took forever. I yeah. It was it, a pain was, in the butt. Yeah, I mean, I literally just stopped filming because so I was like, well, this is, I'm not going to waste 30 minutes of footage on them <laughs> trying to prick poor Mitchell's finger. Yeah. yeah. So. Right on, uh, Mitchell. Uh, so what is the, what does the future hold for you? Are we doing East? Are we doing West? Uh, which championship are you winning this year? Um, I'm not really sure yet. Uh, I think the plan is for me to do East right now, but. We won't know for sure until uh, right around Christmas time. It's kind of 
kind of too early to tell. Um, I'm just going to do whatever I can to be ready, and and come Anaheim 1, I'll be ready to go whether I'm racing it or not. And uh, if they end up telling me that, that i got to wait till East Coast, then uh, we'll just go back, put some more work in. And either way, I'll be ready to go. And, uh, yeah, hopefully – Hopefully, a championship is in in my future. <laughs> uh, do you think that there's any chanceability that there is a uh, a two stroke race in your future, given the fact that uh, KTM uh, very involved in the uh, the development and racing of two stroke motorcycles? Ooh, I don't know. I'd like to. I think it'd be fun. I uh, actually after after the last uh, outdoor this year, I got to go home for a couple weeks, and I I brought one of those 150s home with me and shredded that thing for a couple of weeks so that was a blast and uh yeah i don't know i mean we'll see and uh, as far as uh, you you just recently uh raced in the red bull straight rhythm uh both wes and uh kyle caught you on film um how how grateful you are you that the the electric bike didn't end up beating you uh at all <laughs> oh yeah i was honestly i was pretty stressed out about that uh i didn't know because i mean Josh Hill, he's extremely talented, and that's like right up his alley. Is the timing, and and it's a short race, and he hasn't been training or riding, you know. So it's like I was a little worried about it, uh, and I figured those guys wouldn't go there if they didn't think the bike was was competitive. So I knew the bike had to be pretty good, and I, I was I was sweating bullets uh, for a little bit there, but yeah, we ended up uh, coming out on top of that and second overall, which is. It was a lot of fun. It was, a, it was an awesome event. My first time doing it, and I couldn't believe how much fun I had. It was just uh, a no pressure, just go out there and whatever happens, happens kind of race. And Yeah, like I said, it was a blast. Awesome, man. Well, we're glad we were able to uh, make some time on the on the podcast for us and uh, look forward to hearing from you uh, as we get closer to Anaheim 1 or whenever your your, your next uh, professional motocross race will be. Before I let you go, um, of the uh, the episodes of Season 2, uh, not including your own, of course, unless uh, you're a big fan of... Um, Colt Nichols. Uh, Colt, Colt Nichols section. Who was oh, your, fa- your favorite? Who did watch Who was your favorite uh, story uh, in the uh, of the series? And also, uh, who hasn't yet been been done uh, with the Spectrum series that you would like to see done? Because uh, Ooh, um, they've got a cool story. Um, I don't know about. Uh, season two but i really liked uh like uh partridges and and zach commons i really thought that was uh a cool side to the the story you know you got to see a lot of what um kind of goes down in 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 their lives and it's just crazy you know i mean it's you see it in a lot of a lot of races coming up that the parents aren't always supportive or they are supportive or whatever but it's just kind of kind of cool to see their side of the story and how successful they've come with it and uh yeah, as far as um, as far as someone who hasn't had one done, who sh- who I think should, I mean, oh man, I don't know. I mean, I've been, uh, I think uh, honestly, I think Jesse Nelson would be a good one. I think, I uh, yeah, he's, he's been through a lot, you know, and I, I've grown up racing him pretty much my whole life. Uh, didn't didn't get to race him much, just at the nationals and stuff. But man, that kid's been through hell and back, and you know, I think he. Uh, he could he could use a lot of people's help and support, and I think 
I think he'd be a good good story to tell for sure. Absolutely. Uh, have you been in contact with Jesse at all re- recently? Uh, with obviously the the most recent events, uh, got the kid needs uh, as much uplifting as he can get right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him a couple times. Uh, not not too much, you know. He's got a lot going on right now, and I I want to be there as much as I can, but at the same time, I don't want to bombard him with uh, just like driving him crazy by being around too much. But uh, no, I know he's working really hard on getting back to getting back to walking and stuff and I truly believe that he will. I think he's a he's a strong kid and, and just the stuff that he's already been through in his life and he's come back ten times stronger from that. I, there's there's no doubt in my mind that he won't come back from this. It's just gonna take some time and and some patience and and definitely some hard work and like I said, I, I got to train with the kid last year and he definitely worked hard. So I think I think it'll it'll come around it's just gonna take some time. They gave yeah, me chills, man, well, and I and I I hope that yeah. I hope that's the case. I mean, that's, yeah, he's been yeah. like you said, Jesse's been through hell and back, and he's 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 made it happen every other time. So I know yeah, everybody absolutely. in the sport has their fingers crossed for him. Yeah, oh, for sure. Couldn't agree more. It's uh, looking back throughout his career, uh, kid that wears his heart on his sleeve and uh, never let any setback uh, keep him down for long. So we wish the best for for Jesse Nelson. Mitchell Oldenburg, they call him the freckle, and uh, I call him one damn good interview. I uh, really appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show to uh, to give us the rundown. I, uh, you had to interrupt your uh, Halloween trick-or-treating to do so. We appreciate that. Um, and uh, b- before I let you go, throw down the, whoever you have to thank, because uh, I know you got a, a ton of great uh, supporters. Yeah, for sure. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys just for having me on. Uh, oh. like I always love to do these interviews and, and kind of tell people inform people what's going on in my life and and uh yeah for sure uh charlie design gopro ktm red bull um fmf alpine star um oakley specialized bicycles uh my trainer tyler tyler uh, my mechanic coulter all my family back home my fiance uh yeah just uh the everybody who's, who's, who's been there from from the beginning, it's uh, it's been a fun ride, and and we're definitely got a lot lot to accomplish still. So just keep plugging away, and and hopefully we'll get to where we want to be. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we'll, we'll let you go for now. Really appreciate giving some time. Uh, take care, there, Mitchell. Awesome. Thank you, guys. See you, no Mitchell. Mitchell. All right. See you, guys. I can't believe he threw in mud dolphin at the end there, Kyle. Can you? What's that? Yeah, he he. Could, could you hear him? He said mud dolphin at the end. Did you hear that? He thanked the mud. Yeah, dolphin. it was all about that mud dolphin. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> mud dolphin. He just heard you saying that at the end. On a on a serious note, I think uh, this past year Mitchell might have been one of my biggest surprises because like it, it was kind of a even when TLD KTM picked him up, it was kind of like a out of the air thing, and and I was like, wow, that that's cool that they took the chance on him and. The fact yeah. that he has panned out so well is like, you know, that was some mm-hmm. damn good foresight to say, all right, let's pick this kid up. And, uh, man, if I'm Tyler Keefe right now, I'm like, I'm like, thank, thank the heavens I picked that kid up because he, man, this, uh, this past year he's crushed it. And, uh, especially at Red Bull straight rhythm for him to be able to beat Jordan Smith. I mean, granted, it was his debut on the bike, but, uh, you know, Jordan Smith, Jordan no Hall's joke, ass. And, right. So, and, and, uh, yeah. And for him to be right there with Shane too, man, it, it was like Freckles yeah, here to stay. He's 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 gonna. I I think 
some big things are going to happen for that kid next year. Yeah, I, I agree. totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. He keeps taking that Wes, next step. Wes, What's if that? you actually watch the episode, Wes, if you actually watch the episode, he talks about that. You know, wanting to be a, a champion. So, oh, just, oh wait, he, you can go ahead and watch it. Although I, I do prof- suspect wait, that wait, a professional motocross racer wants to be a champion. I'm just saying he was he was very That's clear about wanting to be a champion. You know. Yes. Oh, he did. He said but, those, that, that, but, is, that is a quote verbatim uh, that uh, from the episode six, wow. which uh, is called the Driven. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, the, the one, the and... one with Colt Nichols, the one with Colt Nichols. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah Colt, and, Colt and rides Mitchell the blue bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you both. <laughs> <laughs> But it did sound like uh, Mitchell Oldenburg has watched more of season two than season one, unfortunately, and possibly more or less than Wes has. <laughs> well, hey, Kyle, in my defense, Kyle knows how busy we've been the past few months, and, like, I've got them downloaded, yeah. and I normally save them for my airplane flights cross-country, and that way I can get, like, two in at a time. So I just haven't had one of those recently, but I, I can assure you my next plane flight will be filled with nothing but Spectrum. In fact, I'm pretty sure I tweeted – I can't wait to fly from like Atlanta to California, like in April or whenever the first one came out this year. Cause I was like, I got, you got it downloaded and, and, uh, yep. I was ready to watch it. And I, and I did in fact watch it. It was the same time Burnt Toast came out. Cause I watched them back to back. It's always nice. Toast? What's that? What was Burnt Toast? Why do I know that? Did I? It was, it was, uh, Durham and Berriman's video that Jason Crane and, uh, that's right. Michael that's Grant right. Yeah, edited. Yeah, yeah earlier this year it's actually really good nice little uh 90s old school punk rock vibe the whole time it's actually really good like they went on a supercross tour and didn't really show any supercross footage and it was still highly entertaining so well that's because they um, didn't do a lot of supercross racing with yeah i mean that, that i mean that's they kind of make fun of themselves the whole time in 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 that light as well so i mean it's it's actually really good because i thought the same yeah. thing i was like what, what what's this movie going to be about and then uh you know it's it, it was just a really cool uh 90s 90s throwback yeah, throwback <laughs> so well, I, the, yeah, the, the west I, coast I, has in fact become toast uh or, or was toast uh about a, a week into that program when bearman hurt himself so and then and then you'll see in the episode uh uh durham KOs himself too like the second round while they while they were uh practicing in Pennsylvania or something. I don't remember what rounds they were, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like, I never knew that freaking, uh, that he did that. So I was like, Oh, well that's what happened to, that's what happened to Darren. <laughs> well, that, yeah. That's what's funny about, about motocross is that a lot of times you don't find out about the, the practice crashes until like a year later when you find out like, ah, why was so-and-so a piece of shit for that six months there? And like, yeah, yeah. he was battling congestion system symptoms every weekend for a year <laughs> and, yeah. and no one knew about it. Yep. Yeah. But it, it, you exactly. know, what's cool about them is kind of in the same light as, uh, as what Kyle is doing. He's trying to, you know, create this new consumer platform for people to be able to support the, the sport. And so, um, you know, they're doing an, totally different fashion than Kyle, but the fact that, you know, they, they want to be racers slash free riders and, and kind of promote this old school way of, of marketing and branding, just like the world of skateboarding and snowboarding. They, that's what they do. These guys get paid lots of money to be in video parts. And, uh, you know, through, through the, what Kyle's doing and what they're doing, you know, they're, they're slowly building this, 
this small little niche that I hope continues to grow exponentially because, you know, it, it, it's, it's a shame that the Berrimans and the Durhams and, uh, you know, a lot of the guys, even in Kyle's episodes, they're so good and talented, but there's no outlet for them to be able to make money and support themselves in that lifestyle. So, you know, so slowly but surely, I really hope this means to uh, video on demand and all that can kind of help support more racers slash free riders slash whatever you want to call them, or even videographers, producers, such as Kyle and myself to uh, be able to make a living in the sport. So, Totally. Uh, the, the, the artists, which are the videographers, are there. The camera workers are there. And the talent is there. It just needs to be brought to the forefront and available for people to view. And because uh, I think you'd agree, Wes, uh, motocross is a sport that uh, shows up extremely well on, on, on camera. It, it doesn't even, even if it's not shot professionally, uh, if someone asks you to sit down and watch the sport, it's, it, it's really easy to, to fall in love with it. So um, that, that that's a really cool thing, and I think that uh, the more that's out there, the, the it's just, you can't quite saturate the market totally. Yeah, yes and no. I, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a shame because like even for me, like I, I'm kind of glad I'm not with Verb anymore because it's it's a sense of supply and demand, man. There's there's so much supply and not enough demand. So it's like you go out and make all you, you put your heart and soul into these videos, sometimes spending weeks on them, and they, you know at in this this day and age you're getting 30,000 views on a good video and that's terrible. Like that's so demoralizing to me as a videographer to like put a video on YouTube and it gets 30,000 views. And that's considered good these days. Like, you know, we used to live in a world where a million views was awesome and now it's like almost mm-hmm. an unachievable mark. And so, yeah. And, and so unless it's not an Apple pen, right. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where and companies are so have such big platforms themselves that, you know, they're not going to pay you for anything worth what your, what your, your work is worth. So it's like, you know, I'm not 18 anymore. Kyle's not 18 anymore. You can't run around and eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the rest of your lives. You got to start making money. in at some point in time, and even though that seems like it's a taboo thing in the sport, like, Oh my God, you make money. You're the devil. Like at some point in time, you got to pay for equipment. You got to be able to live and you got to be able to mm-hmm. plan a future for yourself. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, I catch 22 right now because you got to put out free content in order to get views. But at the same time, you got to figure out how to make money. So, um, I, I really respect and you got to spend Kyle. money to get those views because I know you've spent a lot of money on, uh, uh, cap camera stuff or, or, and or uh, as with any of one of the first guys that were doing dro- uh, drones. Like I remember hearing you talking on uh, DMXS about your first drone was like $4,000. Yeah, four. <laughs> no, uh, four, you, you, you're definitely missing a, a zero on that. Zero? I, think, I think I think when we uh, first did it, yeah, I think it was a single rotor helicopter that we flew one of our guys down to Argentina to pick up, and it, I'm oh pretty God. sure it was like twenty eight thousand dollars for this like piece of <laughs> shit. And I was like, well, who cares? We're gonna about to get in this market. It's gonna explode, whatever. And yeah, we spent an assload of money. And the single rotor was just terrible. And so then I'm, I'm pretty sure we invested about double in that built being like one of the very first people to ever build the multi-rotor platform. And we don't even need to discuss that whole thing. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a lot of money. My question is, uh, it was a lot of ahead. money invested into a, uh, a market that's great and most certainly needed, but technology came so far so quick that, you know, I look back at how much money I spent five years ago and had I just waited three years to get in the game, it would have probably saved me. 
uh, a down payment on a house, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, e- either way, like it, it, that, going back to what I was saying, I guess, you know, it, it, it's one of those ever evolving things. Kyle wants better equipment. I want better equipment. Every videographer wants better equipment, whether it's a camera, a drone, a gimbal, whatever it is, but you know, it, it's so hard to find the money to justify going and spending this sometimes. So like, um, you know, the, the video on demand of what the spectrum series is doing or, or the viewing uh, with East Coast or Burnt Toast, rather, um, you know, that, that's got to be the future for us to be able to make these videos. And, you know, whether they're a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, you know, getting the, the sport to support us and spend that two dollars or three dollars. Yeah, there's tons of videos for free online, but know that when you're supporting that, that video download for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever it is, that you're supporting us as videographers and artists to be able to keep doing it more. I'm not asking to become rich and neither is Kyle, uh, Kyle yeah. uh, on these things, it, but it'd be nice to know that, Hey, when I, when I release this badass video, 10,000 people might download it for two bucks. And it's like, all right, sweet. Now, not only did I pay off the $10,000 that it cost me to shoot that. Now I got $10,000 to be able to feed myself and put it into the next project. So you know, it's it's just one of those things that eventually has to cave, and people got to realize that if they want good content, they're going to have to start paying for it. So, Kyle and I have had this discussion a hundred times now, and uh, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad he's the one uh, out there freaking putting putting the putting the hard work in because it's I I can't imagine being in his position. It's so much freaking hard work, and I admire what he does so much. Like being more or less a lone soldier, going out there and shooting and editing and and directing your music with Oliver, like all this stuff takes so much time and effort. And like, I'm sure his eyes bleed at times staring at computers. So, um, it's, oh, yeah. it's he's, he's a pioneer of the video on demand, but it has to go that way. If people want to see that quality of work in our sport, well, any sport for that matter. Yeah. Absolutely. Any sport, you, you guys are definitely taking things to a next level. Uh, I think what the, the next thing that needs to happen really is that, uh, videographers like Kyle need to start, uh, ponying up and paying media people to talk about their, their, uh, their series because <laughs> that's really what gets the views that like coming on a show like this <sighs> is basically going to just catapult the spectrum series into, uh, the stratosphere as far as downloads go. And I I can't help but well, think that I deserve. He, he did pay me to be on here and say good things about him. Did he not pay you? <laughs> I, oh, is that why I signed that non-disclosure uh, agreement? That's right. Shit. Yeah. See, I should have. I shouldn't have nailed that. That should have been an email. <sighs> um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I'm happy to do it for free. Uh, other other uh, podcasts um, disagree with me, but uh, either way, we got to get uh, Michael Mosman on on the podcast in just a moment or two here. Um, Wes, uh, did would you guys hate me if I, I Kyle knows the video deadline that I'm on yeah. for uh, one of our projects coming mm-hmm. out this week? If you guys yeah. don't mind, I need to bolt because I have a colorist and a. Uh, audio engineer waiting for me to give some final uh, input on something that I have to turn in tomorrow. So oh, good. All good. Uh, is that I really you appreciate you guys that having you didn't me on watch though. Jake Weimer and Michael Mosman's episode. Yes, I, I did. Cause that was episode number two, right? <laughs> it was the first one. Episode one. Oh, it's the one with Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely watched Jake's and his, cause I had just, I remember I, I, I rode with Jake in the, in a car to uh New York supercross, I think. Mm-hmm. I was like, we, we had talked about a lot of things that were in the episode. So I thought it was, I, I watched the episode anticipating some of the things and he talked about a lot of them and even went even deeper. And I was like, holy shit. So 
Yeah, so eat that. I watched <laughs> it the entire freaking thing. So All right, Wes. Wes, uh, I love you forever. I like you for always. And as long as you're living, my baby, you'll be. We're going to throw it to commercial break right now here on the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Bill's Pipes. When we come by, Michael Moseman uh, completing this uh, long list of interviews with also Matt Bashaglia. And uh, I know it's Bashaglia. And and, uh, the the Hawkins family. (laughs) Thanks so much. Bashaglia. We'll be right back. Wes, that was fucking cool, boys. Th- thanks so much for having us on. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, you're you're a gem. You you did even better than I thought uh, you'd be on here. I could tell that you did, in fact, watch Anchorman today. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, hey, anytime you guys actually went, like, I, Kyle and I always talk about where the video market needs to go on this, so we could probably have a, a, a serious podcast yeah on that whole yeah whole thing so yeah. sign me up whenever you want to have kyle and i back for on sure absolutely because it's something that needs it's something that needs yeah. to be beat to death so people can understand where the sport is at on on all fronts amen bro. So, it'll uh, it, i won't let it be o- over a year before i contact you again there you go well cool we'll <laughs> tell matt Basaglia and uh michael mossman i'll say hello right, cool take care later boys later, yeah. later. hey everybody this is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial, and we'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Maddie Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. 100% equals everything. When you give everything... You do not save anything for later. Do not relax. Do not take a break to catch your breath. Give everything you've got from start to finish. You leave it all on the track. It is very rare that a logo or saying becomes so strong that Hall of Fame athletes choose to run it without any agents or contracts or business disgust. Question is, how much do you give? If you give 100% on the track, shouldn't your goggles? Whether you choose the Racecraft, the Acuri, the Strata, or the Barstow, 100% Goggles has the right goggle to give you 100% every time you ride. With great accessories like the Forecast film system, endless goggle lenses, 100% Goggles simply can't be beat. You can find it all on www.ride. 100percent.com. That's www.ride100percent.com. Go there and join the 100% family. We're back. A Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing. Big MX Radio Podcast Show with none other than Kyle Cowling, and we've got 
Michael Moseman on the line. Um, he's, he's featured in that first episode of season, season two. If you haven't already watched it, please go watch it because, uh, Michael Moseman in my eyes is the quintessential amateur motocross racer for 2016. A hardworking lunch bucket kind of kid who, um, it, you, your, your heart goes out to this kid mid, mid episode and you, you see, obviously he's, he's ripping around on, on a Husqvarna. So you know that, uh, coming off of that, that Husk, that KTM ride, like there is, uh, a, a good side of things, but like when that, when that KTM, that Troy Designs ride is not gifted to you, my friend, the whole, the whole audience, all of the, the viewers, we, uh, our hearts sink and, uh, we're right there with you getting all emotional about the fact that, uh, that support that you need to be a top flight, uh, amateur racer has been, has been pulled away and, uh, you're able to persevere with the helps of, uh, of, of Nathan Ramsey, Eddie Casillas, and, uh, you, you come out honestly, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, a, a guy that people can kind of rally around. And, um, that's, that's a really cool thing. That's, uh, for me, I'd be pretty pumped about that rolling into my professional debut in the next couple of months here. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's, that's, uh, really cool. So glad to hear it. Well, like, Obviously, you uh, you saw the final cut before all of us did, but uh, upon watching uh, right. your episode, and I'm sure you've seen it a couple of times with uh, with friends, family, people you want to show it to, uh, girls and whatnot. Uh, what was your final take on on mm. the episode? How it all came out, and uh, how uh, Jake's story mixed with yours? He's uh, the the grizzled veteran, long in the tooth. He's got a he's got a daughter now, uh, and you are uh, champing yeah. at the bit, just looking to prove yourself, and uh, with a pretty unique perspective on that week to week ability to kind of reinvent yourself as a motocross racer. Yeah, um, I thought I thought it was really cool um, how it played out. Uh, actually, personally, watching it for me, um, I was super intrigued with uh, Jake's story and. And how that all played out for him and, um, and how, you know, just some of the things behind the scenes that you would never really hear about. So I was really interested listening to him, but when I, uh, when I watched my part, I actually didn't see as much of a story to it, um, as, as Jake's. And I, um, I felt that like I didn't quite, you know, like he kind of stole the show, but, um, asking other people it was just because i i had lived it and it was my story and and it was just kind of it was just what it was for me so i was just telling my story and it didn't seem like you know a big dramatic deal um i mean going through it it certainly was but um that was just reality by the time i was watching myself talk about it so um it was it was definitely I, I like the dynamic and um I've gotten a lot of great feedback from uh friends and family and, and everyone seems to enjoy it so um pretty pretty stoked how it came out. Yeah, I, I was Fair enough. So or, go go ahead. I see Brad like Michael pointed out um when I sent him the first cut like full cut of the episode that was even his critique to me that you know I was like I don't so you know I don't feel like there's much of a story there with me like Jake's really good but I don't see anything interesting with, with myself and I told him you know kind of what he just explained as well it's like you know it's, I I understood where Michael was coming from because he's so close to his own situation you know that you know to him he's already been through it he's lived it it's 
it's water on the bridge, it's whatever. But when he watch when he watches Jake's story, you know, it's oh wow, I didn't know any of this stuff. It's all new to him. Um, and then, you know, with Michael, him seeing his own story is like, oh, whatever. But, you know, so I explained that to him that, you know, it's because you've obviously you've lived through it, you're close to the situation, so you don't see it maybe how an outsider would see it who doesn't know what's going on. Right. And then also, you yeah, know, like for I, sure. I've, I've said to, you know, you have the contrast between the two of them, Jake kind of, you know, he's at the tail end of his career and Michael's coming up. So there's that contrast between the two of them too, where, you know, you got the old, old vet and then the new up and coming rookie kid, if you will, that's going to, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to make himself a yeah. champion in the professional ranks. For sure. And, 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 and to yeah. your point, Kyle, like, uh, watching, uh, w- watching the, 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 the episode with Jake with the, like his section of it, you, you get a feeling, uh, of, of a guy who's a bit jaded a little bit, uh, kind of like he's kind of feels like he's figured out the whole game, so to speak. And, uh, he, he's, it seems like in some ways a little bit tired of playing it, mm-hmm. uh, even though that, uh, it's the sport he loves so much. It's the, a passion that, uh, let's be honest, if all of a sudden motocross, uh, stopped being Jake Weimer's, uh, occupation, he would still throw a leg over a motorcycle as, as do I, as would, uh, Michael Mosman, as do Kyle, uh, right. Kyle, you don't actually ride, do you? Yeah, no, I, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, you. I grew up riding racing, man. I, I I'm just, I'm just, I'm just yeah. fucking you, man. Um, uh, but, uh, to, to your point, it, it's, it's, a uh, um, a young man coming through with that that um, prosperity and that uh, optimism that uh, is it just speaks volumes of the uh, of the, the, that Michael uh, in your eyes and in the eyes of the fans that uh, that you that will one day follow you uh, faithfully that there is no ceiling here there there is is a direct uh, pathward upwards it's going to take a lot of hard work to get there and I think that's something that's understood by both yourself and those around you and uh, that in and of itself right. is, is a recipe for success right so uh, I think that um, a good head on your shoulders and uh, honestly um, and, and, like, even though you might not say that you had a, a great story there uh, regardless of, of the of the depth of the story and the strength of, of the, the content you're an extremely well spoken young man so uh, that in and of itself uh, really carries that 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 episode uh, as far as it does and uh, knowing that uh, you, you turned in uh, motos ahead of a kid like Austin Forkner seeing what he's done in in the coming year um, really kind of speaks volumes as to maybe what we can expect from a guy like yourself in time, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 that was the one, one thing watching the after, after the subject that I, uh, that I, I kind of looked at a little bit differently because I didn't, I didn't really mean to, to call out Austin or anything or, you know, to say <laughs> that, Oh, I'm going to do this because Austin is that. But, um, yeah, I think I think uh sky's the limit and uh have the tools and you know uh god-given talent to to do it and um everyone around me is is going for the same goal so um you know I don't see why not and we're going to do our best to make it happen and I've been doing my best to make it happen since that day and I've been doing my best to make it happen before that day so uh you know regardless whether there's cameras in my face I'm still out here grinding. 
Fair enough. And uh, speaking of grinding, uh, you happen to be uh, working under the tutelage, and I, I believe you're still working with Nathan Ramsey, correct? Yes, correct. Yes, awesome. Um, if, if he hasn't already told the story, do ask him about a particular pair of uh, running shoes that uh, he was gifted by uh, one Mitch Payton, uh, who uh, at the time was a bit suspicious of uh, of, of Nate Dogg's um, fitness, uh, current, current fitness. So uh, for Christmas one year, all the, oh, yeah. the, the pro circuit guys got, got running shoes. So be sure to ask him about those and, and see, uh, what he says. Because I think he might have thrown them back in the young man, in, uh, in, uh, in the chair, so to speak. Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to ask him about that. But, so, so, Maydog, who, who Maydog's do still you like, him. Uh, he's, he's ripped. There you go. Um, but uh, like, you, who did you look up to growing up as far as athletes? Who did you kind of um, like want to model yourself after? Or is there an athlete that you felt that uh, you're like, that's how I want to be a pro? Um, you know what? Um, I think I'm still growing up. And so my, the, you know, the people that I model myself after are, are modern day. Um, obviously, you know, I think I think I took a little bit from everywhere with like um, Carmichael. I think just like kind of how he approaches things is you know work is work is kind of the key. But uh, I think I think uh, motocross in general is taking a step back from work till you're dead and then work some more, um, which is kind of kind of how. Um, how you would look at it after the Ricky era where he was just working, working, working. Um, I think everyone's kind of figuring it out that, you know, it's got to be a balance with work and, uh, and rest. But, um, so between Ricky, um, and then modern day, I, I see myself as, um, or as I aspire to be, um, almost like a mixture between, um, Ryan Dungey and, um, Ken Roxon, which, I mean, obviously, two of the most talented, good guys to model yourself after. Guys and yeah, well, I uh, I really I really um, connect with Dungy's work ethic and and uh, how he's kind of just blue collar. He does his thing and and he's gonna get the job done and his consistency and and uh, yeah, just kind of the way he approaches things where. Um, you know, work's not an issue to him and he's willing to do whatever. But then I also realized that um, Roxon, why I say a mixture is because I'm a little bit more like, um, I don't know, a little bit more like happy and like kind of, you know, uh, how do I put it? Just like generally more flavorful than, than Dungey would be, I would say, where Roxon, you know, he's always goofing around, you know, he'll have pizza and a Coors, which... I wouldn't exactly do for after a moto, but you know, this just the kind of the character of him is what I I kind of am as far as uh, I, I collect funky sunglasses and I wear them like the normal sunglasses. I'm staring at uh, a pair of sunglasses right now that have a car built into them, and the the actual glass is the tires and. Uh, so I kind of a mixture between the both, but then I also recognize that that Roxon has to have um, really, really um, hard work ethic as well to get to where he is. So I'm 
then I almost see myself more after after Roxon. But between the both of them, um, I think you can find my, uh, you know, where I where I aspire to be and and how I aspire to be. Awesome, man. Well, those are two uh, great role models, and uh, and if, if you uh, continue on those paths, you'll be uh, ever successful in in the sport of motocross. Um, uh, given the fact that uh, this is like you're, you're coming into your your, your pro uh, the pro ranks, you've probably never been on the, the side of a uh, a camera as expensive as Kyle's and an interviewer as skill as Kyle is. What is it about Kyle's interview style and uh, the Spectrum series that's intriguing to you? And kind of how does he evoke that uh, all that uh, the emotion and the uh, the intricacies that make motocross so great? Um, I think he just, um, he gets the story. I, I don't know how he gets it done and I don't know what it is about him. Um, but I do know that motocross needs more of him and, and podium interviews need to have more of that. Um, but Amen. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it is about him, but it, it just, um, it just kind of is easy. And I think after, you know, I watched, watched the first season, I kind of, knew what I was getting into as far as, um, you know, how, how, how it was going to all go down. And so, um, I'm not sure how, but he, he manages to do it and, uh, he puts it together nicely and, and he always, he always comes out with a good story that, you know, leaves you something to talk about afterwards. Fair enough. And I, I appreciate, I know Kyle appreciates the kind words and I appreciate you being so candid. Um, Michael, where can people uh, get more uh, information about you? Where can they follow you on social media and uh, and start to uh, create a little bit of a frenzy around uh, a young athlete that is poised to make a professional debut in 2017, I do believe? Uh, yes, you can um, follow me on Instagram at michaelmosman342. And... Um, you know what? I, I do, I do lack in my, um, social media outlets. I don't post as much as I should. And, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of, just kind of part of me, but, uh, we got, we got some stuff in the works here and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to get on top of that. But as far as best way to reach me, um, and follow me, Instagram is going to be the key. Um, I'm working on starting a Twitter account, but we'll see if, if I ever, uh, uh, just as, as my personal advice to you, maybe uh, stick off of Twitter for as long as you can uh, can allow yourself to, because that's a uh, uncensored, yeah. uh, terrible world of of, uh, of, of, uh, yeah. of negativity that you probably don't need to uh, immerse yourself in just yet. But uh, I did just go and follow you on well, would- uh, on Instagram. I do hope for a, a, a follow back. Oh yeah, for sure. I think uh, awesome. I think as far as Twitter goes, I just had like a couple. I had a couple good one-liners that I was thinking of. I was like, you know what? This would be like really good for Twitter. And if I were to have a Twitter, I'd probably be one of those accounts like, you know, however many followers, and then like follows no one, and just do it that way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like Dean Wilson used to. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm not on Twitter, yeah, so I don't know Dean Wilson, but. <laughs> Yeah, Dean, yeah. Well, Dean Wilson. Like, you don't know who Dean Wilson is? 
Oh no, I, I don't. I know of Dean Wilson, obviously. <laughs> I don't know of his Twitter presence. Oh, of his of his Twitter antics. Well, it's mostly uh, pictures of him not on dirt bikes uh, recently, uh, but uh, not to take any shots at uh, Dean. Although he is uh, like, I would still call him Canadian because he was born in Scotland, lived there for like. I don't know, three years, four years. Then he was lived in Calgary, Alberta for like 10 years. So, um, either way, uh, not to get it off topic, but, uh, really appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, before I let you go, uh, you're an amateur athlete that was on the spectrum series. You're one of only three or two, uh, two amateur athletes that were on the whole series this year. Um, if, unless you want to include, uh, Andrew Jackson as a amateur athlete, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly qualify mm. as, as one, but anyway, um, who do you think, or who would you suggest, um, Kyle go after next for a really interesting story? Someone that would give uh, a good, um, a good interview that hasn't already been done. Um, well, just on the spot right now, I would say, um, uh, Schwartz. I forget his. I'm going blank on Dylan Schwartz. Dylan Schwartz. He's yeah, out of uh, San Diego area, and uh, yeah. he's been he's been kind of um, on the come up for a long time now. Just on the cusp of getting a ride, and he just uh, he just broke uh, broke a ride on in the Super Mini class, and now he's on um, Team Green Kawasaki. And um, I think he'd be a good interview. Okay. Is that the kid that won Monster Cup the first moto? Or am I way off? No, that that's the kid. Uh, um, the no. Kid, the kid that no. won the first race was, uh, what's his name, Seth. Uh, Seth Hammerable. Hammerable, yeah. Hammaker. Oh, okay, Seth yeah, Hammerable. Isn't he from, like, New England or something? Or, like, he's Eastern. He's an Eastern kid. I have no idea. I'm pretty I don't sure. Know. Like, yeah, he's, like, south so. of the border or some shit. The kid ripped, though. Oh yeah, he goes fast. Like, and he was I riding think, a super mini class all day at Monster Cup. He was looking impressive. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, his his fastest lap time would have been in the top thirty in the big class in qualifying. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's fucking fast. Like yeah. But uh, Michael Mosman, it has been a pleasure to have you on the Big MX Radio podcast show. You will be a repeat offender uh, to come back on the show uh, in, in the coming months. Uh, when when do you f- feel you're going to make that that uh, professional debut? Or are you going to do the uh, the the? Seems to be the the hot thing nowadays is to turn pro uh, at the outdoors. Or will we see you line up behind a gate at a Supercross near someone? Um, I am looking to do it at Hangtown this year. It'll be my home race. Um, I live in Southern California now, but I'm originally from North Al. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking to do it there. I've kind of always pictured that ever since, um, ever since really Eli Tomac went pro there and lit lit the place on fire. There you go. Well, uh, uh, trying um, to trying to do similar as to what he did uh, back then would be would it be a feat in front of it, of itself. But racing in front of friends and family uh, is uh, is a thrill in and of itself. Um, Michael, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, and uh, I'd love to come back. Absolutely, throw down some uh, some of those supporters uh, so they know that uh, you appreciate all of the, the support that they do give because I know you've got an impressive list and they do a lot for you.
Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, most importantly, my uh, parents and uh, my brother, and then uh, my trainer Eddie Casillas and riding coach uh, Nathan Ramsey, as seen on Spectrum, and um, all the guys over at Rockstar Husqvarna, um, Fox guys, uh, Scott. So many guys uh, keep me going. Just a lot of good people, and uh, we're heading forward. All right, on man. You have yourself a great rest of your evening. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go right now, but we really appreciate you coming on the show. We'll do this again, my friend. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you very much. Talk to you. All right, take care. Later, Michael. All right. And there he is, gone. And it's just me and Kyle Cowling back on the show. Uh, Kyle, we are uh, a, a couple of, almost three, almost two and a half hours into this thing. Uh, and two more interviews to go. I hope the, uh, the faithful listeners have uh, been able to break this up and, uh, and, and, and watch some Spectrum series while they're at it. Um, basically, give, give us a letter grade so far uh, of what you think about the, uh, the Big MX Radio podcast cast review of the Spectrum series on the spot right now? Uh, a letter grade? Yes. Uh, we're hoving around. D minus? We're hoving around like a C minus, B-ish area, you know? Just just, just tipping the average. Right about average, you know? Fair enough. You know? I like, I like being average. Well, we're going to call up uh, uh, Matt Besquiglia. Um, he's a... Uh, um, he's an absolute go-getter, and I, uh, I, I really like the way he does, uh, he does, he's, he's a really good at, he's really good at motocrossing. So, uh, we're gonna have him on the show. Yeah, he, he motocrosses better than either one of us do. Yeah. And, uh, I'm happy to have him on the show. You had the ability to, uh, I think he was one of the first guys that you, uh, that you shot with. That was all the way back in, uh, early January, mm-hmm. I do believe. Yeah, January or February? He was pretty early on as well. Um, yeah. yeah, and th- th- that turned out great because later on in that year, or later on in uh, his um, his year for 2016, you were able to basically like throw that in there once the final editing was done. Is that he did get a ride with uh, with the, the factory team on Yoshimir, basically riding James Stewart's motorcycle, which is uh, a pretty cool thing. We didn't have, unfortunately, we didn't have any time to interview him after he got yeah. to do. Fair enough. Waiting on Matt Besquiglia, Besquiglia, Matt Besquiglia. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. What's up? What's up? There he is. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. You are Matthew Besquiglia, and I really appreciate you coming on the show, my friend. First time talking to you, and uh, we're, we're talking, we're talking Spectrum series. You're the, you're the, the second episode my friend uh you're, you're big news you're you're uh you're, you're the guy man yeah no it was it was definitely rad like we uh i spent a lot of time with kyle out there filming for that episode and it turned out awesome i'm, I'm too much on how it was well let's let's cut to the chase and let's talk about the scrub because <laughs> of all motocross cinematography over the last hundred years or so there isn't something quite as beautiful as you scrubbing a motorcycle. Um, do you do you take a lot of that responsibility on yourself as to say that you you were the basically the 
uh, you're you're the talent, so to speak. Uh, Kyle's just capturing it, or do you share some of the uh, the glory with uh, with with young Kyle here? Because uh, he he did snap a pretty good video of one nasty ass scrub. Dude, yeah, I almost forgot about that scrub until you mentioned it. But Kyle, if you can get that to me at some point, like I really want to like insta banger. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and insta banger it. I, I forgot that was a, that was probably the best shot anybody's ever taken of me. But um, yeah, there was just like this rhythm section into like this this uh, this little sweeping corner with like a spine wall in the middle of it, and we were just uh, just randomly shooting some videos there. And I was like, let's see how far I can get this thing down. And it it turned out like the the one shot that was that made the cut. Like I just I threw it down pretty much as hard as I was really comfortable with and I got really close to the camera and I think I ended up really really roosting Kyle pretty hard but um yeah I mean I, I think I speak for both of us when I say that roost was probably worth the shot yeah that's that's probably I think out of the entire season two my one like that's one of my favorite shots probably the number one shot of the whole season um yeah like Matt said he was probably only a couple inches away from me and the camera, like I, I was basically like, I trust Matt. If Matt's going to commit to this, and I got to commit to it, and I got to get in there and get the shot. If I get hit, I get hit. But I'm going to go down and play <laughs> trying. And it, we did it a handful of times trying to get it. And then uh, that one that got used, that was like as soon as we got it, I like jumped up and I just started yelling. So I was so yeah. pumped on that. Like that's just and still I, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I knew. I knew as soon as I went off of it, like, because you were messing around with some ankles, and then I was just kind of feeling it out, and then I knew, I just knew as soon as that time went off, I, and then, like, I turned around that next corner and saw your face, and I was like, oh, he got it good, <laughs> and uh, yep. yeah, yeah, like I said, like, it, that, that was a rap shot. It was that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of those shots where as soon as I got back to the truck, I like played it back and then got on my phone and I like recorded recorded a video on my phone of the scrub to send to uh my business partner Nick and I sent it I think I sent it to Matt and then Matt's trainer Tyler and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I was just like, Oh my yeah. god, look at this guys. Yeah, no, that Definitely. was good. That was just like I said, that was just well placed camera, like no, nah, we that was definitely that was the coolest shot I've ever had of me. Like that was really cool. And it was, it was really cool that just that whole, that whole episode, man, everything about it was really rad. Like it was really cool to get on there and tell my story and, um, you know, just let the viewers know kind of where I was coming from. You know, it was, it was definitely, it was really cool to be on that whole deal. It was awesome. For sure. Like, uh, as far as your, your episode goes, you see, uh, kind of a, a young man coming out of the amateur ranks, getting that ride with Geico and, uh, and, and basically trying to, uh, once that ride, um, was done, trying to, uh, move on to the next phase and, uh, like through some serious adversity as far as, uh, collarbones go, uh, yeah. still turning in some pretty impressive, like, as far as your 2016 goes, like, you really couldn't have done better 
based on like the 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 plate that you were given, man. Because uh, watching that that shot of you going over the bars and basically getting pile pile driven yeah. by that uh, that RMZ two fifty F, it's it's amazing that you're standing uh, standing here talking to us. Well, you're probably sitting down though. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Like that was definitely a, a gnarly crash, but looking back at it like I, I was pretty pissed that that whole deal happened but it could have been so much worse just to kind of like I didn't knock myself out I you know like I could have like seriously like hurt myself bad on that like that's the deal is like I, I just I broke my collarbone and I was mad at first but then I, I after I actually saw the crash because Billy Leninovich was at the track with me and I think we actually got that footage um on that episode because he sent yeah sent me the footage from it and uh yeah that was just just seeing how bad it was and how hard i drove into that corner with my face and my shoulder like the fact that i still have a face is pretty cool yeah no kidding man and uh yeah you took a serious tumble uh but uh dusted yourself off and uh and started dropping those lap times i really liked in your particular episode how uh you and kyle really gave a good look into uh the intensity of practicing and 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 becoming a better racer because like for me I'm I'm 20 I'm 28 years old next week. I'm uh I've been racing since I was 9 years old. But when I go out to the track, uh all I'm really worried about is to make sure that there's enough air in my tires so that I'm not getting a pinch flat if I overjump something. You are trying to take tenths of seconds or even hundreds of seconds off of certain sections so they can add up to a number at the end of a lap that is that you can bring to basically uh, the biggest stage of uh, professional motocross racing, professional motorcycle racing, and uh, and it takes intense um, practice and intense and like the, the intensity that you need to practice with is not something I thought I think that everyone knows is there. I think a lot of you, a lot of uh, fans just think that you guys are super talented. You put in your twenties and you're like, oh yeah, you're good to go. But you guys are actually like, you're, you're, you're probably scaring yourself on a motorcycle more than, more than I am ever. Yeah. Yeah. You, and know, that's, that's you know what I mean? Crazy. Yeah. It's, it's like you just, push yourself more than I do. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's our job, man, and that's it's what's crazy, and it's a lot. What you know, a lot of people don't understand. Like, you can go out there and you can do twenty laps, but I mean, you kind of you fall into that groove of just hitting the same same lines, doing the same thing every lap, and you can click off good laps. But when you think about it, it's like sometimes you really need to work on just really going fast. It's like because no matter how good you can click off twenty laps day after day after day, you know. In my mind, you can always get better. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Roxon. It doesn't matter if it's myself. It doesn't matter if it's somebody, you know, just starting to race. But, you know, everybody can find at some point, everybody, doesn't matter who it is, can find just a little bit. And that's kind of what I strive for when I go ride is just breaking things down and just trying to find uh, find speed wherever I can, you know, during the week if, if I have to, you know. 
Absolutely. Now, Kyle, uh, it really seemed like you uh, truly enjoyed filming this particular episode, editing it. Uh, I think it's one of your best works, the the episode that, that features not only Matt, but, but Talon Hawkins as well. Um, what is it about working with a guy like Matt, who's a well-spoken young man, who uh, who, ser- who seriously knows how to work hard, that you, you just like, you have nothing but uh, respect for this kid, and uh, it, 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 what what... It becomes is a pretty cool uh, project that you guys work on together. Yeah, I think with Matt, one of the fun things uh, about the process was that he was just genuinely into doing it and having us out there. We spent like, man, I want to say six days or maybe seven days total shooting with him. And I know, I know some guys, it's like after two days, they're like, okay, can you just go away now? Like, we're, I'm good, you know? And Matt was all about about it the whole time and really enjoyed the whole process of it and made it easy for us to, you know, want to come out there and shoot and have fun. And, you know, he was also down as well to like work on sections with us to get specific shots. Like that scrub shot was something that, you know, he took time out of his riding schedule to, you know, let's try and get this scrub shot and then stuff at the Suzuki track with our drone footage, you know, we had to do some of those shots a handful of times and, you know, he would take the time and make sure we got what we wanted out of that, too. So when you work with someone like that that just understands the process and wants to make it just as cool as you do, it just kind of makes the whole job that much easier and that much more fun. So wish more guys were like that. It would make our jobs a lot easier. So it was uh, definitely one of the funner ones this season for sure. Well, that's a, a pretty uh, pretty solid uh, testimony. Uh, um Matt, when you're when you're working with a guy like Kyle, how how uh, like obviously uh, you want that sweet shot of you doing a, a scrub as much as anybody does. Uh, how how like for for you working with a guy like uh, Kyle, uh, how easy is it for you to c- continue to put in that that uh, that extra time, knowing that uh, you've got a true professional on your hands making something special happen? No, it's, it's definitely really cool to work with somebody like Kyle. Um, just like Kyle said that this was one of the more enjoyable um, episodes that he's done. It was also really enjoyable for me too, because, uh, you know, shoot a couple of the days we, uh, we met at the shop in the morning and he drove out to the track with us and spent the whole day with us. So, you, you know, it was cool. Like I got to know Kyle in the process and um, it was definitely cool. And it, you know, honestly, it's not that hard to go take 10 minutes out of your day to, you know, after you're done just to kind of, go work a section and work for, you know, work for some segments and some cool shots. You know, it's, it's really not that difficult. It's just, you know, it it was something that I enjoy and I enjoy doing that stuff as well as doing motos. So it was definitely awesome for me to be able to do that with Kyle and kind of have my own episode along with Talon. And yeah, it was just, like I said, just like Kyle said, it was one of the more enjoyable days of filming, you know, one of the more enjoyable, uh, I guess, five to seven days of filming that I've had. It was a rad deal. Yeah, and I, th- I think, too, like, w- th- what was cool for us and, like, Will, our still photographer, like, Matt's got a really cool group of people around him with Tyler Kalisiak and then his mechanic um, as well. Like, it was just a fun, cool vibe to be around. And then his tr- uh, Charles Dow is his trainer, uh, Icon Sports, and just – when you're around that type of people that are just good, genuine human beings that know it's a job, but also have a good balance of keeping it fun and light, but can also get their work done. It's like, 
fuck, let's, let's just shoot all the time because it's it's just a good good group of people to be around and I think that also helps to enhance the experience for for myself and then Will as well who is shooting our photos. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Now uh, Matt, it is uh I'm calling you late on a Halloween evening. Uh I'm surprised that you're not uh out um enjoying festivities and dressing up because I know you're a guy who uh is he's you're you're an entertainer, uh both on the bike and off the bike. Uh what would you have dressed up as if you uh if you had gone out tonight? Uh Hillary Clinton in a prison cell. <laughs> and you're not wrong. Um, always a good uh, sense of humor on Matt. Uh, Matt, so obviously, uh, 2000 and uh, and like throughout the series, unfortunately, weren't able to get you on for any interviews after getting that ride with uh, the factory Suzuki. But uh, what was it like jumping on uh, James Stewart's uh, factory Yoshimura Suzuki uh, with that with those uh, two by fours for uh, a, a fork setting? <laughs> No, it, 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 that was awesome. Those those guys were so awesome to work with. It was just, uh, it was definitely a summer I'll never forget. Um, they obviously like went be- above and beyond what they had to do for me. Like it was supposed to be just a one race deal because um, after Lakewood, James and Blake were supposed to both come back. But um, I just I went and rode as good as I could at Lakewood, and I, I ended up with an eighth overall. And they were like really really shocked that I did that well. You know they they kind of hired me for that race to maybe go ride around in 15th and do that whole deal. But when I ended up doing as good as I did, they, they were like, okay, dang, like, you know, if, if, um, you know, if, if James and Blake, if either one of them can't make a race from here on out, like you're going to be the guy all summer. So they got me a full on like good bike to ride together. Um, so I could be ready in case they had to make the call and, um, you know, I guess just fortunately for me, it just worked out, and I got to do pretty much all the rounds after that, except for Southwick, Millville, and Washougal, which I had a pretty gnarly get off at Southwick, and I wasn't able to race the next two rounds. But um, no, those guys went above and beyond what they had to do for a one race deal, and they definitely gave me a shot to prove myself and line myself something up for next, you know, this upcoming year. So it was cool, man. I, I really enjoyed it. Everybody was really awesome to work with and it was definitely something I'll never forget. And uh, I, I do understand that although you cannot uh, uh, disclose where you'll be riding, it's it's comforting to know that uh, those rides that you were able to uh, to put in throughout the, the the tail section of 2016 were able to secure you a ride for 2017, which is great peace of mind and uh, a, a huge thanks to the guys over at uh, uh, Yoshimura Suzuki for giving you the opportunity to prove yourself and and basically create some game film, create some some results that will make somebody want to uh show me the money yeah exactly no that that's definitely like you know i i needed it myself as a rider and the team needed it um you know just very unfortunately for them they just had a rough last couple of years with just injuries to their guys and you know it's just part of the sport but we you know both both sides needed needed some good finishes and i'm just i'm glad i was able to go out and prove that i could do it and uh you know, I, I think that should speak a lot about their program that I was able to jump on the bike after, you know, two days and go finish top 10 at a national. So it definitely proves that they're, you know, they're a championship team and it's, uh, 
you know, it's it was definitely it was awesome. So is it safe to say that uh, um, given extensive practice and testing on a motorcycle, you could easily be top five, if not on the box anywhere? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we strive for, and that's definitely uh, that's definitely what I am I'm to just do. You. No, that's what I am to do this year for sure. So, you know, we'll get going. Well, that's great, we'll man. Get going like, with uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where this year takes me. Are you uh, are you all new from from head to feet, or or, uh, or did you end up keeping any sponsors from uh, the previous year? Um, there's there's going to be a lot of change ups. Let's just say that I'm I'm going to be able to talk about stuff soon, but uh, it's still a little bit early yet. But yeah, there's there's going to be some change ups, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I kind of can't wait till some of the press stuff comes out, and I'm I'm looking forward to doing this deal this year. Fair enough, man. Well, uh, really appreciate you giving us some time and, uh, look forward to hearing from you again soon. Once all that press comes out, we'll definitely invite you back on. Um, I, I, I really, enjoy, I really enjoyed your episode of the Spectrum series here in, uh, uh, season two. Uh, I hear we have some pretty high, high, uh, level racers, uh, already marked down for level, uh, for the, uh, season three, but uh, if anybody needs you to uh, throw on their gear for a sweet scrub shot, are you available? Oh <laughs> uh, man, I might get into, into some trouble, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, Kyle, if you want to put me on season three for for you know, if you, I yeah, can we'll come back do on like a whole three if you want to get another scrub shot. Yeah, we can just do it's just a, 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 attack of the scrubs. Yeah, a whole episode on the scrub. <laughs> oh man. Yes. So, I like yeah, it. That'd be awesome. Well, Matt, uh, like I said, man, uh, you're a great interview. And uh, for all those who are, don't already do so, uh, where can they find you out on social media so they can uh, keep tabs on you and uh, fly your flag, my friend? Yeah, no, anybody can find me on uh, on Twitter or Instagram. It's just at Matt Bichelia. Um A lot of people might not know how to spell my name, but, um, you know, you can Google it. You can find anything on the Internet these days. <laughs> That's uh, that's rule for uh, thirty four, I believe. Uh, but for uh, for those who who don't uh, want to like Google it, B I S C E G I L L I A. Let's put it this way: my last name is Bischelia, but it, the way it's spelled is Biscaglia. B I S Biscaglia. C E G L I A. Biscaglia. Spaghettios. Spaghettios. Awesome, Matt. Well, uh, we, we'll call you up again sometime, man. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. You have yourself uh, a great rest of your evening, but uh, we'll, we'll cut it off right there, man. Right on. Well, happy Halloween, boys. Let me know when you when you can get me back on. Definitely. We, we'll be in touch. Take care, man. Later, man. Thank you, guys. Later, buddy. See ya. Bye. Bye. Well, that went well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, Matt, he's a good dude. I like him. I like Matthew as well. He's uh, he's always a good interview on, on the podium and, and now here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. We're going to throw it to commercial quickly one last time. We're going to see if we can uh, uh, call up uh, the Hawkins. I believe uh, um, Jules, her her phone might be dying on us, but uh, we're, we're going to throw it to commercial. We'll call her up, and uh, we'll be right back here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button former factory supercross rider, 
You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to the commercial, and we'll be right back. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live-what-you-love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffe, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Culture's clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day, so we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. RacersIndex.com is your ultimate race production resource. From the starting line of production to the finish line of winning, RacersIndex.com is your go-to resource to be a part of or produce a checkered flag winning event. The professional's place to find work and workers, rides and riders, and more. If you need it to make your race event happen, it's happening at RacersIndex.com. If you want to be a part of the racing world, join the RacersIndex.com team today. If you need people on your team, you can find them at RacersIndex.com. Log on now and find what you need, who you need, and anything needed for two-wheel or four-wheel racing. Log on if you're a mechanic, model, rider, flagger, caterer, sound engineer, team owner, production specialist, or anything related to racing. Find all people, places, and things racing all at racersindex.com. From dirt to the track, from desert to the drag strip, racersindex.com is your ultimate race resource. Click it for your ticket to all things racing. Racersindex.com. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, final segment here on the podcast. And, of course, as always, we save the best for last. It is uh, one of my favorite uh, segments of the Season 2 of the Spectrum series, which is available on Vimeo uh, On Demand. You can go check that out right now. That's none other than Talon Hawkins. And uh, someone who is very involved in that episode is his uh, lovely Mother Jules. Jules is on the phone and uh, they're just wrapping up Halloween trick-or-treating. It's a timely event and I really appreciate you making some time tonight there, Jules. Well, uh, I know I know Kyle really enjoyed filming all this and uh, I think that uh, the coolest thing about the talent segment is that uh, um, you, you, you get to see the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows of being a super mini superstar. Uh, Talon, a, a young rider who comp- most recently competed in the uh, Monster Energy Cup on a super mini, uh, is a young rider who uh, has... Uh, all kinds of uh, bravado, all kinds of speed, and uh, um, throughout the episode also experienced all kinds of varying degrees of success. Um, in in the, the first segment that you watch, they're at Paula Raceway looking to qualify for that uh, that elusive uh, second spot at uh, Loretta Lynn's, and uh, bad luck comes around, but the kid is lights out fast, twisting the throttle like he's trying to break that throttle cable. Uh, what's it like to watch your son go out there and, and do what he loves to do best, and uh, how, how happy were you, were you with how Kyle captured it all? It was amazing. Um, it- how he captured it all is 
pretty much exactly how it went down. And after, you know, after watching the episode when it went live and seeing it, it was like, you know, it's all these highs and in, in a matter of a couple seconds, you know, crashing in the first turn when he, you know, had a really good start. It really, his episode captured exactly what was going through us. It's so painful to know and to watch your kids he was faster than these other kids and just to get a bad start. So he had to play catch up the whole race. And then in a second moto got stuck in the gate. And then you just go, okay, we just spent all this money, all this time. However, you know, you just got to look at your wounds and go, okay, we're going to go on to the next thing. And everything worked out this year has been amazing. Um, it's been, uh, it, it's, it's just been an amazing year. We thought it was kind of a year that was going to be a catch up year for Talon. And it's actually been really good. That, that was that was one of the hardest points, though, definitely. Well, it was definitely uh, captured in the, uh, a, a light that I'm not too sure audiences have, uh, have taken before, but a uh, really cool perspective. And to see uh, a kid who uh, like otherwise experiences a lot of success, a lot of uh, moto wins, uh, facing some adversity, and the kid uh, uh, did so with a firm upper lip and uh, took some positives away from it. Um, you yourself extremely dedicated to his program. Uh, you were a real estate agent now, basically, uh, full-time manager of uh, <laughs> the momager yeah. of, uh, of of this young hotshot, as, as well as the uh, as your your younger daughter. Um, what's that role like for you? Uh, obviously, it's something you take a lot of pride in. But uh, obviously, maybe uh, maybe six years ago, seven years ago, not something that uh, you, like maybe not exactly what you envision <laughs> yourself doing. I- even two years ago, I would have never said we would be where we are at this exact moment. Um, it's come completely come full circle. Before it was like, okay, this is something we're doing. We're doing this as a family. And and it was more of like just a sport. And, and it's been a lifestyle for us. I mean, we've always loved motocross. My husband grew up doing it. We've always gone to the desert. It's always been something that we've loved, and it's been a passion. So that was always there, and I think that that is – a fundamental important part to be successful for it to be a passion. And the, over the last two years, we're like, Oh, okay. He's progressing. He's really kind of like, he's every year. He's just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little better. He's more interested, more interested, more interested. And, and, and I mean, for me, it's kind of funny that you're saying that my birthday is on Thursday and I'm going to be at the track on Thursday, you know, practicing with him for, a big race is coming up this week in the mini major um, at milestone. Yeah. And I can't think of a, net, a better place anywhere I'd rather be than at the dirt bike track, you know, my birthday, which is a little bit psycho, but um, yeah, but fun, fun. And he loves it. I could not get him off the track today. I'm like, we need to get home. We need to get going. And he's with all his buddies in the straight rhythm at Paula and I'm get off the track. We need to go home. You know And I'm going? I never thought there'd be a day that he would he would be so passionate about it that I couldn't get him off the track. So it's been pretty amazing. No doubt, and it doesn't surprise me at all that it takes a uh, a Scorpio to uh, to manage uh, that young man uh, to to get that job done. I myself also having a birthday in the coming week on Sunday. I'll be celebrating my birthday yeah. on, a, on an airplane uh, after leaving the uh, the World Vet Nationals. Now, are you guys practicing at at Milestone or Paris on yeah. Thursday? Milestone on Thursday. On Thursday, on Thursday, we're actually going to go to Milestone. Okay, we're go to Milestone. Yeah. Then I might meet you. 
there because uh, my dad and I will be there, uh, be in, be in the area on, uh, uh, in California from, uh, from Thursday up until, uh, Sunday morning. So, uh, fingers crossed that we'll, we'll be meeting not only on the phone, but in person, uh, all in one week. That'd be amazing. For sure. That'd be definitely amazing. So yeah. what did the, what did the young ones uh, go out as, uh, for, for Halloween this year? And <laughs> does, is, does Talon still, uh, trick or treat? And if so, what did he dress up as? Tell what you dress up as. Um, oh, I, I was going to dress up as Mr. T. Uh, bold, <laughs> bold move. <laughs> it ended up coming out to be a werewolf. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, Mr. T is, is, uh, could, could easily be mistaken for both. Uh, Talon, it, it, it's, uh, I'd love to welcome you to, to the podcast, my friend. Uh, you are one, uh, lights out fast mini cycle rider. It was incredible to watch, uh, what you do, um, both on the Spectrum series and for those who don't already follow, uh, Talon Hawkins on Instagram to watch all those videos of you, uh, oh, no big deal, just launching this Supercross triple on a super mini um what's this journey like been like for you and obviously seeing uh, like uh, more attention towards your program and just seeing how much your parents uh, sacrifice and uh and allow you to enjoy those things that you do enjoy dude it's awesome i mean i'm having so much fun now it used to be yeah like as my mom said it's just like it used to be just like yeah pretty fun but now i'm really getting into it and it's like it's just like a dream come true dude yeah. It's just been the best. Now, now Jules, uh, throughout the series, like throughout the, this, your episode or uh, Talon's episode, your, your contributions to it, you talk a lot about, uh, like the, uh, balancing all things. Is that still something that you struggle with as far as, uh, getting, uh, like your, your daughter to, I, I believe she'd be in grade one now. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, Talon is in, uh, first year of college. So, um, <laughs> Like all, all things coming together, uh, it's, it's like, like in, it's, we're only six months removed, but, uh, only more on your plate. And that, uh, that's, that's something that, uh, you're, you're kind of rolling the punches on that one. Uh, to, to total, absolutely. And to totally put it into perspective. So, you know, we get up this morning and I'm like, okay, my husband didn't realize that we were going to the track today, going to Paula to train and to work with Ryan Hughes. Uh, to work and then to go to the gym after. And so I, we get up this morning, I get my daughter, daughter dressed up as a kitty cat because that's what she's being, a kitty cat nice. for school, feed the horses, do the whole thing, make sure. And uh, I go to pull the van out of the garage and normally we pack it the night before and I, and normally my husband will pack it for us as I'm cooking dinner and we're doing the whole nine yards and I wake up, I'm like, there's no, I'm looking at the bikes in the garage, I'm like, the van's not packed. I'm like, um, okay crap you know here we go oh my gosh I gotta hurry and throw everything in so we could drop my daughter off at school and and so every single day it's a challenge I mean it's a a challenge we don't have like um you know someone that comes with us it's we're like this one-man show family who does it while my husband's working and is scraping by I go after the track I need to go get my hair done because it's just something a a mom and a woman wants to do And I'm like getting my hair done and I'm getting calls because I had to go straight from the track to go drop the bike off to, cause there was something wrong with one of his bikes at his mechanics down, um, in, uh, in the southern, or uh, sorry, north part of Temecula, but race back to go to my hair appointment. And I got to get my daughter, then I got to get picked up town and we got to go trick or treating. And it's, it's a complete, complete circus. But 
it works because we're doing it together. My husband is like, hey, I need to go pick up, you know, this or that. Can you go pick up a clutch? We got to do this. And and the communication has to be there or it's not it's not going to work out. And juggling his school has been a challenge, too. So these next two days, we figured out, okay, we need to focus on school. We need to get some of the testing done. We need to, you know, catch up there so that he's still getting his A's. Because if he's not getting A's, he's not happy. Yeah. Um. And then to be at Milestone on Thursday. So it's just, it is a juggling act, but it's, 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 when it's working out, it's working out really good. So, and it's, sure. it's working right now. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Now, so. Kyle, work, working with a, a great family like the, the Hawkins, uh, what do you, what do you take away from, uh, when you, you're able to sit down with these people and, and see their passion for the sport and see, uh, uh, uh a young man developing in, in talent or he's taking his racing super seriously, but also keeping it fun. Um, what, what were some of the, the things that you took away from that experience? Uh, I, I took away that every motocross family, either in amateur ranks or in the professional ranks, should probably take a good hard look at themselves and then take a look at Talon and, and his family and take a take a page out of their books because how Talon and Jules and Caleb have everything going, it's just so awesome. And it was, on my end, it was super refreshing to be around something like that. Like, I've never... In all the years I've been doing this stuff, I've never, ever been around anything like that. Like, I'm used to going to some of these amateur events, and you see all the parents that are just super uptight, pissed off. The kid doesn't even want to be there, you know. And mm. and then to to be around Jules and, and Talon and just Caleb, like, it was just awesome. Like, yeah, Talon didn't have a great day at Loretta's. He didn't qualify. He missed it. I think it was one spot. But, like, his parents are super supportive, and Talon was pissed you know but it's not like Naki's getting in trouble you know because he didn't do well at the races like it's, it's okay we're still alive we're breathing we're healthy we're gonna go mm-hmm. home as a family and, and everything's cool and uh mm-hmm. I just think that type of approach is super refreshing in the sport and very rare to come by and I think that if people can kind of learn from how they're approaching things it, it will help you know, personally in their relationship as a family and then also professionally and trying to make it an actual career and not be a story of a Davy Millsaps or, you know, Nico Izzy or whatever, where yeah. they go pro, they make all this money. And now, you know, I think Nico and his family have made up, but like yeah. Millsaps, you know, it's just not just sad, you know, and that's too common. Mm-hmm. And then you come across the Hawkins and it's the complete opposite. It's just a bunch of love and good times and just cool vibes that, I, it was it was really neat to be around. Absolutely, cool. yeah, I totally echo that, and I think uh, like uh, I've said a couple of times in this podcast already, but uh, these these episodes they they evoke such emotion from the uh, the people who are being interviewed that it in turn evokes emotion from those who are watching it, and I feel like. Uh, um, honestly, Jules, those who watched that, that episode with, with Talon in it really fell in love with, uh, with not only your son, but your whole family. And, uh, just mm. people who just want to, want to cheer for you guys and want to, like, encourage you to keep That's going cool. and, and, uh, and, and want you to see good things. And as soon as I saw that, that Talon had an invite to the Monster Energy Cup, I was like, that, <laughs> like, that, that is, w- first of all, way too cool because jumping super cross triples on, <laughs> on a super mini is, uh, is rock star stuff as well as the fact that, uh, 
that you just want to see good things happen for, for people who are working hard at it. And, uh, and to hear yeah. that you're working with a true professional, like, uh, to Ryan Hughes as, as crazy and off his rocker as he is. Um, he's so rad. <laughs> he's, he's, he's way too he's cool. So uh, I, 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 I'm not too sure how, what do you think about, uh, the, the, whatever, uh, treats that Talon picked up today, uh, oh, yeah. on, on his travels. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think any of that can be found at your local Bikram yoga, uh, studio. You're so right. You know him. Oh yeah. You know him. I know, I know the rhino. Uh, but, uh, um, like, Talon, uh, where do you see, um, obviously, like, you, you want to see your, your talents take you all the way to the professional level, but, uh, this, this weekend coming up is the WU, W Wheels USA, uh, World Vet National Championships. And, uh, what I'm hoping, uh, to, to, for, to hear from you is that, uh, those hugs after, uh, those, those tough motos and those tough moments and those, those, uh, that turns you into an athlete that not only takes your skills to the ultimate level of where you can enjoy success at this sport as a professional, but eventually one day want to line up as a, uh, an old crotchety 40 year old man who's got all kinds of stories that no one wants to hear at the vet world championships when I am over 50 years old. Yeah, dude, it's, it's cool, dude. It's cool that these guys get to go out and race and, it's awesome because my dad, right, actually, he tried to qualify at a, a Loretta qualifier, and he ended up qualifying. He actually smoked a lot of the guys. Nice. I uh, was stoked for him because he nice. got to he when we got to Loretta, he's like, dude, you know what? I'm gonna race. So he raced it, and he did really good, dude. I'm proud to say that he's 25th fastest in the world. No <laughs> 25th <laughs> fastest bet in the world. That's like oh, fastest awesome. of the fastest of the old guys. Like that's like the. <laughs> Uh, smartest, smartest challenged person. <laughs> he was dead too. He fell on that river and I thought he was going to die of a heart attack, but it was awesome. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, what's, That's uh, awesome. for sure. Like, uh, um, Caleb, you're, you're there as well. I imagine. Yeah, I'm here listening on. Fair enough. <laughs> and, and many of jokes at your expense, uh, both on the podcast and otherwise, I imagine. Yeah. You're yeah, a hard-working guy, man. I got nothing but respect for you. Well, I appreciate it. You know, it takes a team effort. and You know, I got we got a good team here. We got a good crew, and we have fun. And we just try to make it work. It's it's short-lived, and, uh, you know, you got to enjoy it while you're, while you're running it with it, you know? Are you uh, are you sleeping on the couch this evening, the surf, or not packing the van? <laughs> oh, no, no. You know, we're actually in the truck. Just got done trick or treating, and yeah. we're sitting here listening to you guys on the phone. So. <laughs> well, I, I uh, um, it sounds like smiles all around. Um, but what's uh, what's next on the docket for for Talon? Uh, being a, a Kawasaki rider, uh, a, a Thor athlete, and uh, someone who's uh, getting better all the time, working with that, like I said, a true professional like Ryan Hughes. Uh, what's the next step? What's on the horizon? For a young man like uh, Talon, what's what's your uh, what's your schedule look like there, there, bud? Well, I'll tell you, we we kind of sit down, do our schedule for the year, kind of pick. We used to do a lot of you know smaller races and and local stuff, and we've kind of stopped doing that and training with Rhino and just doing big nationals. So, um, you know, this year has just become unreal, you know, and it, it's just it's amazing how far he's come in one year. And, you know, I, I'm trying to like work hard 
because he's 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 getting so fast and gnarly that he's just breaking stuff and his bikes are only lasting three or four months so i gotta work harder to provide that you know those good bikes for him and so there's nothing worse than going to a big national and his bike breaking you know so i'm trying my best to keep him on good equipment you know i gotta work a little harder sell a little bit more but um it's worth it you know i, I love watching my son excel and i'm trying to give him the best equipment we're um, getting ready right now after this uh this weekend you know the the mini majors um we're going to be leaving in a couple days after that for mini o's in florida nice so that's our next big national is that right on well uh talon how excited are you for that uh this weekend coming up for the uh the mini major after you uh try and wean yourself off of the chocolate the reese's pieces and a couple of those uh do the kids still get rocket candies is that still a thing uh, maybe that's just a Canadian thing. I am from Canada, by the way. Um, uh, but, um, ha- there you go. Uh, are you, are you looking forward to, uh, to wiping the floor with the likes of, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Max Miller and maybe, uh, Jam and Josh for Reese? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta smoke that kid. He's got red hair. He's got no soul. Come on now. <laughs> he's fast, dude. He, he's pretty quick. He's pretty he's got quick. No soul. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he also doesn't know how to turn off the gas. Um, he's fast. Yeah. He's fast. They're they're a couple years older than him, so yeah. we got we've got we got some time. No doubt. Well, uh, uh, obviously, Talon, uh, you, you spend a lot of time on the motorcycle. Um, what is it like? Obviously, you like like just throwing down lap times and working on uh, things that you're not so great at. What are some skills that you have on the motorcycle that uh, you can say like, yeah, I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at this or I'm pretty good at that that you're rather proud of? I'm pretty proud of my whip. Fair enough. Am I am a wheelie, dude? Yeah, just like you, I guarantee you can wheelie a better, a motorcycle a lot better than I do. Uh, one, one day I'm gonna, I'll come down to, uh, California full time and I'll bring my KX125 with me. You'll have to, uh, show me how that, how that thing works. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. For sure. Um, cool. For sure. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, as far as, uh, your, your, uh, your main competition this weekend goes, uh, Talon. How do you approach uh, something like that, a, a major event where uh, kids are coming from f- far and wide to uh, kind of uh, steal your thunder a little bit? Well, I just I just can't really worry about that. I can't really worry about my competition. I just got to worry. I just got to focus on how I'm riding. I got to focus on myself. Those guys are they're not they're nobodies. I, I'm I'm coming up and I need to put my mindset my mind to it and i need to do what i do fair enough well uh it sounds like uh talon hawkins greatest opposition or greatest competition is yourself as far as especially as far as yeah. those first turn crashes go uh but uh <laughs> sure. um uh, you're, you're you're hard on equipment it, honestly uh caleb if you're if you would have loved being mild then when i was on super minis i have a 2001 kx85 with the original back tire on it uh, <laughs> that's how that, that's how gentle I was on that thing. Um, not a whole he lot. Of, out super oh man, that that was uh, like that and, and and yeah, he uh, he broke his frame, blew his wheel, two wheels out. No, and he did some. There's three things like three days before super, uh, Monster Cup. I was oh, tripping man. out. Jeez. Yeah. Weld his frame. We had to weld his frame. You know, not being a full team green rider, we yeah, yeah. couldn't enable, we couldn't find a frame for him, so we had to weld it. 
Hmm. <laughs> um, and then he grenaded his rear wheel. And, um, yeah, we just uh, we were able to pull it off another bike. We just we pulled it off, man. I'm pretty pretty stoked. But, yeah, he's definitely hard on his stuff. Fair enough. we got to learn it. we got to figure out a way to smooth that kid out a bit a little bit. But either way, uh, <laughs> keep, keep doing what you do there, Talon, uh, or as, uh, I should say uh, Mr. Werewolf there. Um, really appreciate you guys making some time for us. Kyle, uh, final thoughts on uh, on the episode that was with, uh, with the Hawkins. I, I think it's one of the better ones. Yeah, I, I still uh, I, I saw Caleb I think the week before Monster Cup, and he was telling me that uh, they had gotten some feedback just from like random people that they didn't even know coming up to them, telling them they saw the episode and how cool it was and uh, yeah. stuff like that. And it's it's even on my end, like I I have a lot of people still now that are like, dude, that that mini kid, Talon Hawkins and his family, like, holy crap, they got it figured out. Like, wow, like how was that? And it's you know that's been the feedback with that just everyone has fallen in love with uh with them and it's it's pretty cool to see and I didn't like I said I didn't know I had a feeling that that was kind of how it was going to be I I wasn't 100% sure but I had I've seen talent around at the tracks and kind of gotten that vibe just off social media too that it was just you know a good group of people and and uh so that's I'm I was trying to capture that in the episode and, and capture the good vibes, but also show like, Hey, when things don't go right, like at that qualifier, yeah. qualifier, there's still, the you know, there's, yeah, the struggles were real, but they're also still good parents. They don't go psycho on their kid. Cause you know, it didn't work out at a qualifier. Oh yeah. Um, uh, there so, we, we just, used to, we used to be a little more uptight just so you know, we haven't always been, <laughs> really calm cool and collective when he was on 50s we had a uh you know a little bit of a hard time and we were little 50 parents you know and as he started getting we realized he liked and did better when we were more calm and more accepting and more encouraging we realized the more we backed off him the more he was harder on himself and started doing better i'm like hey maybe there's something to this (laughs) and it's like if we could chill out and just be normal people and be loving and accepting, he's, he's begging me to ride every day. And my husband's like, he's going to get burned out. I'm like, but he's asking me to go to the track. Should I say no? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Pretty well, cool uh, like, uh, as, as parents go, it's great to be passionate. I think you guys uh, uh, are on that that razor's edge of of, of what's uh, uh, of that happy medium of, of not uh, of being supportive without being uh, the hounding. And you guys are, are doing a great job. You're also talking to a guy who's seen his his uh, high school hockey coach beat up an official. So. Um, <laughs> Um, so I, I see, I've seen all, th- all, all spectrums of, uh, of, of that side of things, but, uh, you guys are, are, are doing a great job and I really appreciate you giving me some time and, and allowing Kyle to uh, have this platform to, uh, record a podcast, which is almost minute for minute, the length of the spectrum series, which is available on Vimeo on demand, uh, forward slash spectrum season two, which, uh, that second episode, which is a person, my personal favorite features both Matt Bichelia, who we just hung up on r- abruptly and rudely so that we can talk to, uh, the Hawkins as well. <laughs> who, we, who we saw today at Paula. Oh yeah. Who we did, saw and met today at Paula. Did, uh, did he ask for Talon's autograph? 
<laughs> no, but I'm like, can we get a picture with you? He's so cool. There you go. He's so cool. Yeah. Cool guy. Yeah, that's a good dude. Super yeah, cool dude. Very good dude. Awesome. Well, uh, you guys uh, go enjoy the rest of your candy. Uh, Talon, uh, understand <laughs> that your parents will be stealing from your candy pile for the next two or three you weeks. Check it. Uh, <laughs> don't don't even bother to, to to see like what what's all in there. There will be Kit Kats <laughs> Kit Kats missing, um, and uh, and and just accept that fact. But uh, you have yourself a great one, my friend. And same to you, your folks, uh, Caleb, Jules. You guys are all class acts. And uh, Talon, keep. Keep doing what you do, man, because what you do is good. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Cheers. Take care, guys. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Bye. Boom. That is Boom. is is four hours three three out three hours three hours and twenty nine minutes of podcast gold. I like it. And um, I, I'm uh, for those who uh, stuck with us all the way through this podcast, we thank you. Uh, I've done you the favor of breaking up my uh, my commercials, so you don't have to hear all six of my po- of my commercials between each one of my commercial breaks, which is awfully nice, uh, I think. Anyway, um, so you don't have to do that. I'm going to get to editing this, Kyle. Uh, it's uh, long past my bedtime, and I have a uh, an angry girlfriend to appease, so I'm going to get to doing that. You enjoy the, the the leftover pizza that you are no doubt now hungry for, and um, we'll uh, cheers more beers, my friend. We'll we'll talk again soon. Sweet, sounds good, man. Thank you for everything. I appreciate it. No problem at all. We'll we'll, uh, we'll call we'll call tomorrow and uh, and debrief uh, before I uh, I release this to the uh, listening public. Cool, sounds good, man. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by One Hundred Percent Goggles. Be sure to head to Ride 100%, that's R-I-D-E, 100-P-E-R-C-E-N-T dot com to check out all available product, goggles, and a full rundown of the company itself. Also make sure that you check out racersindex.com to register and find yourself an industry job. If you're a mechanic looking for a job or if you're a rider looking for a job, go to racersindex.com. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and contact me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com for any suggestions or review or feedback. Always appreciated. Thanks again for listening. Another day is nearly done A darker gray is breaking through a lighter one A thousand sharpened elbows in the underground That hollow hurried sound Feet on polished floor And in the dollar is closing up and counting loonies trying not to say I hate Winnipeg The driver 
checks the mirror seven minutes late A crowded rider's restlessness enunciates The guess who sucked the jets were lousy anyway The same route every day And in the turning lane Someone stalled a game He's talking to himself And here's the price of gas Repeat his phrase I hate Winnipeg King Wrecking Ball proclaim